previously on Martini John. I, I now is. understand See? how you guys get off topic. Loop it. And now how you come yeah, back. Yeah, it's total ADD. How can we get off topic again? Anybody? <laughs> what can we do? Ask Go me a question. We will get off topic. John McForce is him testifying to Congress. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie would be amazing. That would be amazing. All the President's Wick. That would be the best <laughs> possible movie. She's beautiful she and very talented. Yes. yes. But, man, I can't believe I you took can't, that. You I was that. hoping we'd go the whole episode without objectifying anyone. I'm objectifying Wait all a minute, of you, you right now. You dated strippers. <laughs> I didn't objectify them, though. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 33, which is the 1993 film Bad Boy Bubby, an Australian film directed by Rolf De Herr, starring Nicholas Hope. And it is brought to us by our very special guest, Justin Denton. This, I have to say, is a film that still affects me. Uh, it is incredible. Um, I did not know what to expect. I thought it was going to be kind of a wonky, indie, weird film, uh, you know, strangely acted. I saw the trailer and I was like, what is this? I read a little bit about it. I am still blown away by it. Um, it takes a long time to digest. I am going to give everyone a big warning here. There is animal cruelty again in this film. I think this is a theme in some of these Australian films. And it was very hard to watch. Uh, I would say the first 20 minutes of this film is very, very hard to watch. It is. It does get better and far more rewarding. So, uh, you know, if you're tempted to turn it off, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't do that. Uh, you should if you don't want to see the rest but i'm going to tell you it does get better uh and it does get really interesting uh as the movie goes on uh highly recommend it i really think it's be very 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 cool to see this and if you guys uh like our guest justin denton who is a really really cool guy um i did another podcast with him where we just talked about his work and some of the other stuff he's done much more interview style obviously and that's from my cg garage uh podcast so if you go to cg garage and you go to episode number 261 you can hear a little bit more about justin as well so that is really cool so quick reminder obviously the you guys know where to follow us we are going to try to get a little bit more active on our social network uh especially instagram uh, there's going to be more fun stuff that we're planning there. So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, it is martini underscore giant. On Twitter, we are at martini giant, and you should check it out. Dan is very, very active as our main uh, social media uh, guy on uh, on Twitter, and it is quite entertaining. A lot of people really enjoy our Twitter feed, so go check that out. We're obviously on Facebook as well, uh, facebook.com slash martini giant, if you guys follow us there. But, of course, you can just go directly to our website, martini giant.com so we'd love to see any comments you have on that site as well all right guys please enjoy bad boy bubby did everyone have a nice new year's new year's um um yeah yeah what do you do for new year's uh we went there monrovia has a uh, uh so like a family centric big party on the main street and uh they drop a ball and do the whole routine and uh, we took the uh, kids down there uh, to go and hang out, and everyone's getting, counting down, ready to cheer. And uh, my youngest son is uh, it was in, insistent on, uh, instead of watching the ball drop, that he wanted to watch um, Jacksepticeye, his favorite YouTuber, um, slay the Ender Dragon in Minecraft at midnight. 
And, uh, and so it, it was timed so that he killed the dragon at midnight. And of course, at mid three, two, one, everyone goes, Hey, and the whole town's array. In, uh, he flipped out. <laughs> he was, he was much happier about the ender dragon being slain than, than nice. actually being 2020. So it was a really good 2020. That's very, cool. A very, very pleasant time. In yeah. former years, I would have been stumbling around and, uh, quite drunk, but I had a better time this year. Brady wanted to watch Frasier get kicked off Netflix because it was leaving at the end of uh, 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 it was going to be kicked off. No more Frasier in January. They, they deleted at at twelve oh one. Yeah. Oh my god. So wow. we watched an episode. We actually went into midnight, finished the episode, and then it said no more episodes. So it really does happen when it says it's end. It's, they don't fuck around. It's crazy. They don't fuck around. Oh my god. Like, but, so, but they do that proper West Coast time. So you're yeah. okay. Yeah, West Coast time. <laughs> there must be somewhere like in I don't know which way is like is there anyone off the coast? Is there like Hawaii is still showing Fraser for Probably. Next, like eight hours? Yeah. yeah okay. Or we did hours. that. It's yeah. funny you say that because on New Year's for us, we watched Pawn, Pawn Stars, the show in Vegas. Oh Pawn Stars. Yeah. Pawn yes. Stars. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pawn <laughs> Stars. Season two went off the air. So this guy was about to sell like Charles Lindbergh's glasses and then it shut off. Oh, that's yeah. That so, is tragic. Yeah, so I don't know what they you know no, paid never, for. N- never, if they went never. Can the you find out? I, gone I forever. sensed it was authentic. Yeah, you know? it probably happened. But yeah, it's off Netflix now. Yeah, so. yeah. I will. You have to live with that. I'm living with it, you know, and Chumley and everything. It's. I've actually been really excited about some cool new original content stuff on streaming networks. Yes. Um, Amazon has some pretty cool stuff that I watched uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Yes. What do you got? I binged. Did you? You binged. You hit it hard. I, I watched, I watched an, a great documentary called um, uh, Generation Wealth. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's super good. I like that one. Did you see this? Yeah, good. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hard to watch. Yeah. Painful. It's about rich people. From the 90s. Yeah. And the whole, like, what became of them, like hedge fund crazy people and yeah. mm. rich kids that grew up, you know, in rich families and how, what their lives turned out like, you know, 20 years later. Uh, it's a sad movie. Very sad movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you being, yep. being serious? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, like, Ron Burkle just lost his son. Wealth no. wealth coaches in, in uh, China teaching you how to pronounce Louis Vuitton. Wealth coaches. Yes. Wow. That is a gig. Yeah. Yeah. How how to eat a banana with a knife and fork. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's fundamental stuff. But yes, yeah. 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 This is this is this craziness of uh, some of the stuff. That was a good one. Well, I mean, documentaries have really exploded since streaming took off. That has become the the main thing. Yeah. Like it used to be. It would be like two or three. Maybe that you heard. Speaking of of wealth, have you got? I I binged uh, Succession. Oh, here it's amazing. I, I can't tell you how much I love that show. And I literally binged it. And then Saturday, I was going to my pharmacy in uh, Beverly Hills, Mickey Fine, the greatest pharmacy in the world. Yeah, I know. They'll bury a body for you in the back. I mean, oh, it's, it's yeah. like, they still do that. From they the, still, wow. I mean, they're quite incredible. It was, I mean, it was getting kind of pricey. And it's always, you go there through. and there's like stars there. Anyway, so I was like, you know, I'm going to stretch my legs. I'm going to go to Tashin quickly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm walking down. And at the corner with his little baby and his wife is Kieran Culkin, who's oh, in it. Nice. I'm like, dude, I just 
binged watched you and he's like you're kidding I was like three days I did the whole thing you're the best part this of it this may not be happening Shook I my may hand. Be he's like it's so good to hear I was like unbelievable I have a lot of Tashin books in my bedroom and you may not be here yeah he's the best he's so good on, he's the best thing in succession it's uh, a beautiful not show not Brian Cox Brian Cox is not the best thing Brian Cox is amazing yes but I think in order to there is a sensitive serious but also wise ass quality to him, mm-hmm. Kieran, his character that kind of gives, uh, because everybody else is extreme, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I, every, you know, Brian Cox is just a fucking curmudgeon, right. wealthy dude, you know, pain in the ass. And some of these guys, I recommend. You know, some of these characters, I I kind of grew up with in the sense of like, you know, some you, people. You, you know these kinds of personalities. Like, very yeah, well. yeah, I literally was talking to my sister about. It. I was like, oh my god, this is like so and so, and then their son, and I was like, yep, right, but. In the middle is Kieran Culkin, who's has a heart, has a lot of the best ideas, but he doesn't take himself seriously. Plus, he loves partying and being a spoiled rich kid. But at the same time, he could see the other side. So at the middle, right. I think, is a great way to get a perspective of him mm-hmm. because um, everybody else is very extreme. And in their power grab, he's not. And he's almost like uh, a, the Greek choir. So he's just like – he's kind of – of course, he's like – I just find him the best for that type of show because you can get a sense of what everybody is doing. He's related. He does have the ambition they have, but at the same time, he's uh, self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen the show. Have you seen no, it? No, I haven't. Yeah. So there's some things that go on or, you know, it's just, and his jibs and his jabs and the way he comes into a scene is like, I find the best part of it because no, otherwise you, it's too heavy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or you don't. And what's interesting, you watch it and I'm like, God, these guys are such douchebags. I, I literally was like binging and I got up to get a, make myself a coffee and I was like, God, these guys are such douchebags. We're like, God, I love them so much. And, and it's like, you best. really, it's Perfect. like, they must have said, can we make a show? With everyone being bad. Like a douchebag, yeah, but you terrible. still like them. Yeah, right. It's just, it's, it's really great. Now, I didn't say it to the guy, Kiernan, who's in it. He's mm-hmm. one of the leads. I didn't tell him, but like literally the last episode of the second season, it was like Queen of the South. I mean, what the fuck? It was like, really? That's, I mean, they must have gotten some writer off the side of the road, you know, like on San Pedro, like <laughs> homeless guy, like to finish up the script. No kidding. Because it's literally like, what the fuck are they thinking? Oh, it, that's crazy. It was so bizarre. Oh, all right. All like right. it's so, 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 oh. That kind of makes me want to see even more. I'm excited now. Just the last 10 minutes of the last- They just blow it up. It's so strange and yeah. stupid. And I don't know if they ran out of- I don't know. It's just really odd. Yeah, well, fingers away from your keyboard. Because Queen people. of the South had a grit to it. I don't know if you've ever seen Queen of the South. And it's based on a book. And then the show was like kind of like Dallas, let's be honest. But it just by the third season, it's the stupid- I mean, it's so dumb- like literally, I don't know where it's like. They went to a, like a school and said, "Guys, come up with some good script ideas." See, this and is give I mean, this is the perennial. I think this is fading out, but the perennial issue with basic television storytelling is that they don't write the whole fucking thing first before they shoot it, and that's why things run out of gas. I think that's slowing down and stopping. I think they they write mostly everything and then film things, and or at least a, a good arc. I mean, yeah. I think that's yeah. the thing is they're, they're, they'll but, write an initial one and right. then they don't go past that. That one first arc. Right. And so they don't know where to build. They don't know, they don't to go know where to turn. Yeah, and right. I think the thing is, and this is my thought on this, and we we're talking about succession. I apologize, Chris. And I know you called me earlier today and left a message like, don't talk so much, Eric. And But I broke that. I'm <laughs> but sorry. But it was a very long message and we decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, 
here's the thing about the last the last he's getting it all out at once everyone just by the way, is something wrong with my headphones? It just seems like it's not. He's as slowly. Loud. Yeah, I think What's Chris is slowly sliding down the okay, so volume. <laughs> the volume is, is fucked up. Okay, so there we go. Too low. It's good. Okay, I guess. Um, the thing it? about yeah, can you hear it, Eric? I, oh, that's better. Is it better? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, he didn't do anything. He just went like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. But the thing is, it was the. All of it was soundstage and New York exteriors, but the last show of the second season they're in lake como italy on a huge yacht and it has a family meeting compound and like and it's almost like it was a vacation you probably for everybody flew their families there there was definitely a lot of just like let's have a a shot at the back the yacht was gorgeous and it was just like on the back of it hanging out i'm like really that was a dumb scene and they're probably just like scrambling so the last 10 minutes were like what the fuck was that i mean <laughs> I, I don't know if they ran out of money or they were just like i really just let's all go to lake como and hang out with our families and have a great time i think there's a big challenge though where we see a lot of shows just not know how to put a button on the end yeah this of is a season this is a, a major struggle show yeah it's yeah. but it's true the thing for every is, show that's but, true for every but it show. was so it was lake como and it was like there was definitely a lot of like a lot of scenes that were just relaxo you know yeah. what i mean because you could tell that they were like probably all are having a great time yeah I, i'm I, sure I, it's not the same thing but for me like that was haunting of hill house like right. that last episode just undid everything all the good I work they did before right. that's and right I was and so that was blown away with right. it and it just like it crushed me right well right. that was the thing i think with succession like how could you be so sloppy at the end because i felt like oh god they're on a yacht in lake como right. i'm like and everyone's got their lug i'm like everyone's there there weren't a lot of locations it was one massive yacht and having fun but it was kind of like where are we going with this and the last 10 minutes was like why don't we just do this and end it oh, i do like, have one i have one question though uh, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, Eric, Eric, Eric goes on his tangent. So no, we already met. We already met. But we're introducing him to the audience. We're, this I'm is sorry. for the we audience. Have Hello, everybody. This is Martin. Chris, you said start by talking a lot. <laughs> no. As much as possible. It's, it's true. It's all good, Eric. It's all good. Who is our guest? I don't know. Who is this guy? Our guest is Justin Denton. He's Justin actually been Denton. on the CG Garage a couple of times. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, his... His second episode on CG Garage will be coming out. Justin has got a couple of new adventures. What's going on, Justin? What are you up to? Uh, well, hello, everyone. <laughs> um, what, oh, a couple of new adventures? What are you up to? Oh, uh, well, I uh, have been over at Blur for almost a year now, so I'm directing projects there now. That's nice. um, yeah. And uh, I just recently had um, a VR project come out on Steam and a few other platforms. Oh, that's awesome. Can we ask um, what the title of that yes, VR project is? Yes, it's uh, Chained a Victorian Nightmare. Oh, it's my okay. dark take on A Christmas Carol. Nice. That's awesome. Um, it's actually an adaptation of an adaptation because I had created an immersive theater experience. Experience, um, oh, no kidding. That, that used VR, but it used it in a live sense. And so um, we had live actors in mocap suits with facial capture and finger capture. Um, and that was a portion of the immersive theater experience oh where we basically remove Scrooge and right. you're the one who He's... experiences. You're not Scrooge, but you're the one who experiences what it would be like to have a night with the three spirits. That's spectacular. Oh, wonderful. Um, and okay. we don't try to infuse Scrooge onto you. Mm -hmm. It we actually ask you questions and you become a part of the story. Um, Called Chain. So, yeah, Chain to Victoria Nightmare. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds great. So, yeah, so that I've actually experienced a prototype of it 
uh, it's quite amazing to put on a headset and have a ghost talk to you yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in VR. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, then when they put their hand on your shoulder, you feel this hand on that's your shoulder. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's the bonus right yeah. there. Yeah. It's physical. It's like imagine, you know, if, if anyone's done The Void, it's oh, like yeah, um, the imagine that, but you actually have real agency and real influence right. over things because yeah. there are actors there who are improving based on what you're doing. Oh, that's magnificent. Um, and it's, it's really cool. the next level up. Yeah. Right. You know? That's the void you're saying is the like the Star Wars thing. Yeah. I've done that with yeah. the heat and everything. It's yeah. really great. Yeah, and we had elements like that where we had props that were both physical and virtual. And we had we had heat elements as well. And, and right. you guide um, them through or is it one location or they're going – There's a guide that walks you through. Walks you through. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. travels you through, I would say. Travels. That's <laughs> super exciting. Did you see those Panasonic glasses t- today? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they look like sea goggles. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, look, they look pretty steampunk, they, actually. Yeah, they okay. steampunk like – you know how they have – sometimes they have – in the old steampunk the, gla- the fabric the gl- on the, the side glacier, leather. It looks yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. The glacier yeah. gla- goggles. Yeah. They, yeah, it's like that, but just like thicker. thicker. Oh, cool. I'll have to check them and out. And really, really small. I yeah. don't know if they're real. They're saying the yeah. – Field, the, the, it's you're not going to have that field of view that you would have with like the Oculus, like the right. mm-hmm. but it's pretty kind of cool. That I don't have that field of view to begin with because I wear glasses and everything is just instantly blurry. I'm Roy Orbison, <laughs> so I just turned. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I have that, and then um, just before that, I uh, directed a game trailer for PUBG. Fuck yeah! Uh, nice. They, cool. they came out was like a music video slash That's trailer. Is the thing you're doing at Blur VR right now? No, no. So. Um, Basically, the the VR piece was with Madison Wells Media, so that was and actually Aaron Sims, Aaron Sims Creative. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And so um, everything I'm doing over at Blur is is more traditional based, right. so full CG. Yep, yeah. that's cool. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Man, yeah, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and so I suggested. To- I'm sorry, didn't we ta- ask this earlier? It's, it's my fault. I'm sorry. No, did, oh, whatever. I, I'm, I'll leave. You just talked about I'll a bunch leave. of shows yeah. that I never heard of. So it's like, just like over Sounds here. You, will, like, dig, you will dig Succession. I'll check it out. I That's like Kieran Culkin. HBO. So. He is genius, yeah. dude. He's he's good. Cool. But I agree with your uh, note on uh, on TV. It's like it's the arc problem. I mean, like they're essentially yeah. writing one thing and then they're like, oh, shit, it's successful. Now we have to write another one in two yeah. weeks. What, for fear of not going too far down another direction with that, but this um, is all about the directions. Yeah, the, the, uh, the marvelous system is Maisel is, yeah. is suffering from that same problem. Yes. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I love that show. Right. I mean, she is yeah. captivating. I the writing is snappy. All of, uh, Gilmore Girls, yeah, like hardcore. And yeah. I've been afraid to watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because I love Gilmore Girls so much. I don't want to let go of that raft and grab the next raft. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing. So you're saying the second season I, is not? Uh, I actually quite enjoyed it, but I feel like. They sort of dropped off a cliff on the last episode. Oh man, mm. what's yeah. the is the last episode? Just like you're saying with Succession. Yeah. yeah. What is the last episode problem? Is it a money? Well, it's thing? hard. I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's yeah because um, they were in a yacht. You know, and the, the whole idea out. is to keep you going, right? And so, like this, in my opinion, from a writing perspective, this this new mandate is to keep you clicking play again or to let right. it auto play. That's right. really what fucking happens now. Right. But you know, once you get to that end of that, the writers have kind of hit a wall. Of not knowing what to do anymore. Yeah, they haven't you thought know, like they haven't they, thought of where they're going. They yet. don't do a good job of, of setting you up to move right. forward because most of them don't even know if they're gonna be moving forward. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Because they, they don't they don't know if the thing's going forward like yeah. for like the next the three months. They're yeah. just like well, so. Then know, why not just do? I mean, maybe some of these shows like Miss Maisel, which I really do like, but I I was not 
totally into i i i love the art direction the directing oh yeah but there was a it's believability of yeah, yeah he's genius yeah. and i believed his character i didn't believe her character so much yeah um just i guess i i, I just there was something that mm, that i was sold 100 percent. yeah but um why couldn't it have been one season Oh, it absolutely could have, but you know, there's money. Oh, I know, table. I know, yeah, but I'm right. saying, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it's you know, as my grandmother used to say, "Don't shit where you sleep." And it's like you could your second season destroy everything that you worked hard to create in the first season. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think they went that far for the record. No, no, I, but I I'm saying they, but shows I think it's do a that. Point, yeah, but, shows oh, do that for sure. And like Queen of the South is, no, don't get me wrong, it's Dallas. But there's no JR. What's wrong with Dallas? Bring Bobby down. <laughs> Takes all the UN oil. <laughs> but the thing it is, I watched it with my wife, and the first season was I latched on to characters, mm-hmm. and by the second season, it was like well, that's kind of seems kind of silly, and you know, like no, we're not going to go ahead with this. I want to go save this prostitute I met on the island of Malta. You know, tax credit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> on the island of uh, Louisiana. I, I, yeah. I, I thought it would be great. The I island would, of Atlanta. I would, I would love to see. I was like watching something, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a tax cre- break right there." Yeah, credit. And I was sure. imagine just doing like voiceovers, like, "No, take a left. We got to go to Atlanta for a tax credit." And like all of a sudden, everyone's like in Malta, or yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you pitch an entire show based on that. And just like it could be, it could be, it could be, it could be that's like exactly a, what happened. Did you did you guys see uh, uh, what's the, the the show, the HBO show, uh, The Leftovers? It's like we now go from New York to Texas to Australia, all of which are like tax credit, tax right. credit, tax credit. Yeah, tax so credit. You're literally it's watching them chase them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. literally <laughs> watching them chase. So, the so tax you're saying credits. it's sort of like it was uh, it was like Quantum Leap, only with tax credits. Yeah, like, exactly. Just like the end of the day, oh my God, Vancouver, oh, Quantum yeah. Leap, man. Nice, <laughs> nice call out. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a go-to for me. That's got to yeah. be. It's got to be. So okay, so you know, uh, you were also in the middle of saying, uh, Chris, that you had watched a bunch of great things over the break. Uh, I did. The other thing I remember watching that was really good was the report. Did you see the report? I, not, I love me some Adam Driver, and I do want to see this movie. It's good Ooh, stuff, right? The report is it going to make me crazy? It's about the torture report. Yeah. Um, it, uh, is it HBO or Netflix? It's Amazon. Yep. Amazon. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yep. Um, well. Uh, yeah, it's hard to watch, and it's going to be like you're going to va- you know going to say this is very one sided if you're a Republican, but mm. it was sort of a one sided event. It was this one, yeah. <laughs> Some people hey, like let's torture. It sounds fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> the, yeah. the hard to watch part could be a good segue right into Bad Boy Bobby. Oh, yeah. hey, look uh, at that. Yeah, yeah looking so forward. and that actually should bring us to that part. So our movie that we're watching is a suggestion by uh, Justin, and uh, I'm. Just, it was a hard movie to watch. Definitely a hard movie to watch. I'm really glad we did it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is along the lines of uh, when we did Awake and Fright. Yes. It's very Australian. It is. Yeah, and these films feel very similar. They are very similar. Yeah. I, this was harder than- Way harder. Way, way harder. Way, harder than Wake and Fright. Yeah. So I remember- if, No, when I, we did I kind of felt Fright. like this was the, the, the Australian Wings of Desire. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> there yeah. was something about yeah. it where it's like you are looking at humanity from a different. We should mention the title. The title is Bad Boy Bubby from yes. 1993. Go and, ahead, uh, Eric. and I just yeah. want to say before, just like we did with Wake and Fright, where we said 
Please don't watch this if you're very sensitive to various things, including yes. uh, violence towards animals. Oh, yes. And uh, I don't know how loud I can shout this into the microphone without blowing it out. Don't watch this without checking out what's in it first because it's super upsetting. It's one of the most I had the hardest time watching this. Yeah. The, the violence towards animals was yeah. hard. Every, every, every moment of the first half of this film is completely horrifying yes in fact the first 10 minutes of the film will let you know whether you're willing to watch it yeah or not. it's a good te- yeah. it's a good litmus test yeah. if you're unconscious and you wake up and you're like what I, happened and i almost <laughs> didn't and it's like i have to finish watching this movie because i have to talk about it for the yeah. podcast and, and i did and i do want to actually have a discussion specifically about that yeah we can we can dig a little bit more into overall first i, if I you looked want, into but- history of it because we had to figure i had to figure out how, what was going on there yeah well, let's get a little uh, introduction from Justin on yeah. why he chose this movie and what he feels about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Did you guys like to do a synopsis, or do you? Yeah, like we can. We, we sometimes do. Dan we sometimes does synopsis. Do, we sometimes do full yeah. synopsis. I can, I can do. I can do a very, very brief one, uh, which is it is about a man who's rough. I don't know, mid thirties or so. Yeah, he's yep. thirty-five. Uh, he has been raised, as far as I can tell, entirely in a single room for his entire life. By probably his mother, uh, who is extraordinarily abusive and insane, uh, and uh, large woman, very large woman. Uh, they have an incestuous relationship. There is he, violence galore. Uh, he basically gets beaten up by her and has sex with her. Even every though day, it's his mother. Every day, he is not allowed to ever go outside because she wears a gas mask and tells him if he goes outside, he's going to die. Right, and it turns and out if the, if the gas, the poison doesn't get him, God will. Right, and uh, then uh, a guy shows up saying that he is his father, Pop. Uh, Pop, and Pop is also a terrible person, uh, and they together are terrible to uh, him, Bubby, again for. Another set of time. In fact, it ratchets up the terrible. Yeah, it's what super happens. terrible yeah. and very horrifying. Bubby, in turn, uh, passes this violence on towards a cat that is uh, that comes in, mm-hmm. uh, and he is like, "How can the cat's alive if you if he has no gas mask?" And the mom, for instance, just as a as an example, almost strangles him to death to show him what it's like not to breathe. <laughs> so that's the kind of relationship that they have. And right. then he. Um, uh, so he starts pu- abusing the cat, wraps the cat up in um, saran, saran wrap, wrap. Yep. Uh, and uh, and ultimately suffocates the cat in saran wrap because she tells him that it doesn't breathe. It doesn't breathe, yeah. right? So makes sense. Uh, and then he carries this cat for dead cat the the the, the dead cat for the rest most of the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, they continue to treat him terribly. Uh, and uh, then they go out, get super, super drunk, come back, pass out, and he wraps saran wrap around both his parents' heads, mm-hmm. and they die. Um, uh, or and, he doesn't and, oh, sorry, realize she, that they, they're dead. He says they're still. Yes, they're still. Yeah. Now, yeah, and now they had, I'm sorry, they had previously sort of kicked him out into the real world, yeah. right? He right. discovers the real world, is, we, and we discover that, obviously, the that there is no poison gas. There is no yep. anything like this. Right. 
Um, it's when so, we know for sure that the real world in this film is basically the real world in which we live. Yeah, it's the yeah. actual. It's yeah. the actual everyday As world. As opposed to kind world. of. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's a little kinda. weird. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. very strange so real world. But it, but that's the, like that's the flavor of the entire movie. Right. Yes. And there is no poison outside. His right. mother has been lying. Well, you knew that the whole time. Comparatively real. Because she just puts on a mask with a hose. <laughs> with the hose is hanging. Yeah, it's not hanging. hanging yeah. It's yeah, not exactly. connected to anything. Yeah. Um. So you he enters the real world and uh. And uh, the the back half of the movie is him experiencing the real world and the real and real people in it. Yeah. Um, in uh, and I, I suppose the way to say it is that uh, he re-experiences some trauma with people that disappoint him horribly, but yep. he also meets people that are very good to him and are very good people. Uh-huh. Uh And whole variety of things. The upshot of the movie is the ending. Of the movie is pretty much the polar opposite of the beginning of the movie. Yes. Like right. It is a extremely earned happy ending. Yes. Um, that kind is kind of, but yeah, it, well, it, yeah, like, it was actually interesting because it was, it, it, it almost wasn't, it almost yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. a happy ending. Yeah. What's also interesting about him is that basically everything he learned is he repeats. So every, mm-hmm. every time his mother he says lines, yes. he repeat, right. his whole mode of communication is repeating lines that he's heard before. Right. Right. So he hears someone yell at him. He yeah. yells back that same insult yeah. right. and tries. So every time there's a context of something, he, he repeats the same line. That's the way he communicates, which is an interesting thing because everything is a recall to something that happened in the right. movie, yeah. right. which is also an interesting thing. Inclu- yeah. Including him becoming pop later. But yeah, when yeah. you talk yeah. about that real world outside, though, I never – everybody was so artificial. In oh, a way. Yeah, completely. And it was almost like – he cast non-actors in order to emphasize that there was a deadness yeah. about certain characters that they just didn't have, you know, whether it was a, a somebody, a, the only one, one of the girls with depth was the pizza girl where he mm-hmm. got the, she was actually in stealth. I looked it up. She's in stealth. Yeah. She plays a controller. <laughs> she in plays stealth. a plane. Nice. My God. She, no, one of the uh, Air Force controllers. <laughs> Damn. Right. Well, there I was we like, go. stealth? There's a connection there. It's, and it's hard, actually hard for me to uh, fit that in my mind for a second just because like when I was watching the movie, I was – more or less convinced this was made in 1978. Oh, I know. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feels, feel – It feels like a 70s film. But everybody right. but has actually a lot to do with Australia though. Right. The yeah, look. I figure. Yeah. yeah. I figure. So uh, before we dig too much into a few of those other things. So I lived in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a student exchange program there in, in 99, 2000. And um, so I lived there for a year and um, – I had already been doing a lot of film studies when I was in college mm-hmm. here in the States. And then when I went there, I wasn't that familiar with Australian cinema. And so um, I ingested quite a bit of it. And this was a film that I actually got to see in a theater. Right. Um, wow. And when it came um, out, it wasn't when it came out because it came out in 93. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah, sorry, it was sorry. it was six years later. And I was kind of floored. You know, it sure. was, there's very few films that you can walk out of. And you're genuinely just like silent. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's and, a it's a real brick to the head. Movie, yeah, yeah, sure. and it you know really like Requiem for a Dream is kind of one of the only other films that's done that to me. Yeah, and I would and I would definitely say that that movie pales in comparison. Yeah, to this it, and it does. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and just so, to set the level. I like Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, but for the audience who's probably oh, yeah, seen absolutely. that movie, this is tw- yeah. it's tw- an order of magnitude more yeah, in- impactful and, to me. And it was really interesting for me because when I. When I walked out, I actually walked out quite angry, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why would someone make this movie?" 
And I, I, was, yeah. I, I, I was really, I had that kind of offended quality. Yeah. And then I started thinking more about it and having conversations with people who are from Australia and from Adelaide. Right. And, you know, one of the things that and I'm going to go ahead and hit on the, the animal cruelty part mm-hmm. right up front here. Cats are an invasive species in Australia. Oh, it's a massive and issue. It is yeah. a, a huge, huge problem right. there. Um, they have over 12 million cats there right now. They've already wiped out 25 different species in the country. Right. They started knowing that was going to be a major problem. They've wiped out 25 species. other species. Correct. Cats right. have killed other. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. And they've they've tried various measures. They've even That's done the always whole, been the like, problem of Australia. There's always an animal that gets introduced that just wipes out. Uh, the well, they just lost yeah. a half a billion recently. Yes, oh, that's from well, that's from the fires. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they had. The, the, oh, I know. What's, but I'm saying what's yeah. the, oh, no, yeah. what's just, the toad yeah. that they brought in into to oh, north? Everywhere, yeah, yeah. everywhere. That, that the killed off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, so the, you know, it's it's a. It, you don't think it because of how kind of we all have this perspective of like Australia being this like rugged, dangerous land, but it is so fragile. Like the ecosystem right. there is so fragile right. that cats are not what we think of as cats. There. Yeah. Well, they're, and, I mean, they're predators and, that breed yes, a and, lot. <laughs> and so when, when Rolf put a cat in this film, mm-hmm. the reason why that's the only other thing that um, Nicholas Hope deals with mm-hmm. at the beginning of this is that it is an invasive species. So right. it actually represents what is foreign and what is the outside. Do you know the director at all? Uh, no, I don't know him personally. I have seen him like speak on a panel before, right. uh, but I haven't actually had conversations with him. He's in Dutch. Is, What's yeah. that? Does he direct anymore? Um, he, I He's think his like last piece films? was in 2012 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he actually just had stuff in festivals in 2014. Yep. He's, so, he's Dutch and uh, moved well, to Australia. Yeah, so he emigrated when he was eight, though. So right. he, he identifies he lives as Australian. In Australia, I think right. he, Indonesia or something like that. It was a, he a, does a now, bunch, yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, he so identifies like, as Australian. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like so, so in Australia, the the idea of the cat plays a little bit differently than it does. Exactly. Here, right? And so you know that said, um, it's still really yeah, really it, it really was, hard to watch. Yeah, oh, no, I, I completely sure. agree with you. So um, that cat that is in the beginning was an actual feral cat, right? And it was euthanized for the film. It was, oh. but it was um, it was humanely euthanized as opposed to yeah, like what happens. Correct. In the movie. Right. Correct. Yes, it was. And then they were planning on killing this cat. Like it, because it was a feral cat. Correct. There Correct. was a, there it was, was already a, set to be euthanized. Right. There was so a, they just made that part. Of the right. Film. There's a second right. cat that was uh, 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 basically just uh, sedated. Sedated. Yeah. Right. And that, that was, was not killed. The kitten. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, now that's what I have read. Um, you know, that's that's what we. You know, I yeah. wasn't there, so yeah, you never know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, it's um, weird that this has that connection to Wake and Fright as well with, with the, the uh, kangaroo. Kangaroos, uh, yeah, that was hunting, horrible. Which is just, absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. that's uh, um, that's Australian film for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. They, well, they, and it's not just it Australian film. European films are known for yeah, it's quite a bit as well. Yeah, um, you know, there's and, actually a whole website that I saw that's dedicated to cruelty to animals in film. It was interesting, and that. Uh, that you know, uh, uh, Bad Boy Bobby was listed as one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah they even list the the cockroach. <laughs> yeah. The cockroach yeah. as yeah. being cruelty. Yeah. But he doesn't eat the cockroaches, right? Which is he weird. actually right? pulls legs off. Proper yeah. Nicholas Hope, ate and it's not just like one of those like you know, domestic. This is like a disgusting. cockroach. Scully did that on yeah. X Files, though. 
I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but there's a whole other element to this where he like pulls its legs off yeah. and like watches it try to walk with no yeah. legs and that's, stuff. That's the, and it's, it's pretty brutal. It's yeah. pretty brutal. Uh, like, yeah. even, even for a roach. Yeah. Because um, like the brutality in that is what's happening with, yeah. to me, it's what's happening with the person. Yeah. And that's what is so, yeah. uh, effective in this movie i guess yeah. is the way to say it it's and, a, and it's so a like, very disturbing world yeah. yeah and so for me that was the thing where i had to actually force myself to watch it again yeah. you know so i was like why do i feel this way right you know and um so i i watched it again because the the first time you know you watch something like this sometimes you're just like oh this is shock value right this is shock value and i don't think it's shock value right um i think it's an incredibly challenging film um right. I well think, i mean it's using the sh- it is shocking it is uh, but shocking, it's, but it's using but it, that as a for a purpose. There's a very real purpose. Right, yeah, right. I, I almost liken it to for you know more modern cinema. Um, what happened with uh, you know what we called torture porn with like Eli Roth sure. style films, yeah. and then you had the French extremism movement where they yeah, were like, like we're going to do it, but we're going to give it real purpose with yeah, movies exactly. like Martyrs, or Martyrs, something. yeah, Irreversible, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah really. But really, it's also yeah. a very classic story. I mean, in a sense, this would have been an interesting movie to uh, pair with being there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. a simple person that's grown up in a very enclosed environment and right. it's sheltered yeah, in this I, area I, I, and then goes out into the real world and somehow they find him to be fascinating, right? Because there's something about him sort of di- being like, wow, what an incredible – you know, he has like kind of this messiah feel to him right. in oh, some ways. There's almost like an angel. That's why I say right. that it's more like Wings of Desire because he's observing – The girl he gets involved with is called Angel. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. he's observing a lot of this and I feel like the most angelic and compassionate the, – the moments that were the most meaning to me is when he – he cradled the girl at the end. Oh yeah, that's oh the my god. That that's to me yeah. and uh, because there was one when they were doing they went into the jungle and and all the, the 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 nurses and even parents were holding their children and the one was actually crying. You could see her crying because mm-hmm. she wiped these tears from her eyes, holding her child who obviously is sick right. and lying in her arms. And that to me was like I felt like the message of and I am you know I'm. I, you know, it, there was definitely this, uh, you know, you know, they talk about the God and and so forth, but I felt like um, him coming and just holding there was this. He was like this observer, like I haven't seen anything in my life, right. and I come out and I'm observing it like that. He is like the angels and angels. Yeah, and that's right. why. Yeah. I, but it's like the people yeah. were not real. Right. Like the woman driving the car and getting the eclair. There was just these connections didn't. Well, work. the the people with uh, was it multiple sclerosis. Yeah, uh, like they, they no, are. No, no, they've got. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. It's uh, Asperger's. Uh, no, no, degenerative Down syndrome. No, degenerative nerve disorder. They were all skinny. Uh, Paul, Paul, I'm uh, sorry, uh, they came off flipping. But that's cerebral palsy. Cerebral, cerebral palsy. palsy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like they, they're I had obviously fun all, watching you guys try to figure it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're obviously all very real, and that yes. was no, no. The, the people like the the yeah. woman who picked them up in the Mercedes. Oh, they're non actors. Yeah. So it's almost like the. There was nothing – the scenes didn't – you know, she sees him and all of a sudden he connects with somebody else. Yeah, and but he, which was weird. Yes, that, but that was the angel visiting kind of – there was something yeah. about it because you get that introduction to another character and then you go off much right. like in Wings, Wings of Desire. Desire. Yeah. I don't see it from that perspective though. Like for me, I see that more as like the perspective of a child. 
Like, because the whole thing is, is he is a child. He's 35 years old, but he's a child. Right. And with a kid, they can be having their worst day for five minutes and they can be having their best day five minutes later. Right. And every like chunk of moments okay. that occur is so so like the, a different but, day. And, and but actually, the idea they, they of the 20... suffering that he sees and, and the real problem of the people, that the people that caused all this, like the woman that he had a child with at the end. Yeah. Her, his parents, her parents, you know, all the lead and all that stuff, all these – the people that caused all these problems and drive the cars and get out and scream, right. yeah. you know, are – not really structured well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and, I agree. And then he kind of wanders through. It might say it's childlike, but it's also angelic. It's almost like he's stepped out, well, removed. Like I said, yeah. yeah my, uh, what I would say is that the difference between those two movies is that, like the angel in uh, like Bruno, what's his name? Uh, yes, Gantz and um, yeah. Wings of Desire. Um, like he starts out as very like oh, he's very world weary because he's an angel and he's seen all this stuff and it wears him down. And then bec- and then when he becomes a real person, he's lit up by the exuberance of being alive and so he's suddenly childlike again but he does you do know that he is still a grown uh consciousness essentially like he is still like, the he way has, he wanders the, the through way, the scenes right. like he's, the intention he's, of all right. those scenes and is, so like the fact the, what like, i saw the similarities yeah, because like he, he is just like as a as a story you're just interacting with these little nodes that's right right I, yes. I, I see and what so you're the woman at the store with the eclair it was just like him going to right. the circus and somebody comes up with an apple or something he's right. like oh thank you and then they yeah. disappear yeah. so we should should explain a little bit of that eric so what happens as he after he comes out of into the real world he goes through multiple weird scenes and interactions he, mo- right. he first encounters violence he like encounters violence he encounters people try to kill him he goes to kindness he encounters all kinds of different things what's very interesting if you look at the credits there's actually about 25 dps in this movie <laughs> 25 right? Yeah, dps there were right there were 32 camera operators 32 camera oh, wow. operators yeah. so the whole point is that every one of those scenes was a different dp that yep. was the experiment oh, this is on purpose this every, every single purpose. location every, right. change a new, had a new that DP. is wow. so genius wow. right. that, yeah. I, you wonder why there's a Split. There's a schizophrenic quality yeah, that is and you okay. don't understand. So, so there was a lot purpose. of very yeah. interesting, interesting experimental stuff that was going on in this film. Which I didn't. It's like so. You look at the big list of people that are credited as DP. Mm-hmm. <coughs> they were all different people, and they were not allowed to see each other's work because they that's all had brilliant. to have really uh, a kind of a unique thing. Because it does. That's what produces the, what I was talking about. This sort of vignette effect. Oh, and uh, you're getting these really right. disparate lensing choices, right. really disparate right. angle choices. But, so he ends I mean, up looking like a different. Yes, person he is a different times. person. Yeah. But even the actors, there there are moments where it's like. They were like the band, just like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to say in a way. But yeah, it's right. still added. It's still at their uh, unprofessionalism, not unprofessional. The fact that they weren't. Non-actorism, you know. Like but the, the point yeah. is their, their non-integration in the scene as, right. as a character yeah. helped. Yeah, yeah I, I produced that. that would, that's because you're only better. supposed to connect with him. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and I, I you, you're seeing the world as bizarrely as he is seeing the world. Correct. Yeah, and which, the other thing that you did do that. is they put a binaural yeah. microphones in his ears. Mm. So a lot of the audio is actually coming from from his head, specifically from his so head. So it's not actually in his ears. So it's like in a wig was, or something. Yeah. So he that his crazy hair was a wig, mm-hmm. and in the wig were were binaural mics. 
So Interesting. On, on each side, and that was used for the mix. Nice. So, like this is all like and this is so we're much supposed more. to connect completely just with his perspective right. on everything. And his scene. his audio. Well, like well, this is a much more designed movie than I gave it credit for, I guess. Than, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Because it, it definitely gives the, and I don't mean this negatively. Like it gives the impression of sort of like a make it up as you go mm-hmm. kind of experience. But it sounds like the he had, yeah, he had a really you in can mind think that for yeah. me to they, have that experience, but it's very very heavily. There were definitely designed. moments though. There were scenes like when they were in that uh, water processing plant or something. It's a power plant. Power plant. Yeah. And oh, with the cam- scientist. That, oh, that camera, camera was amazing. Was like out of the fucking. I was like, wait, yeah, just go, where'd they get? Dun, 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 like, dun, holy dun, dun, shit, yeah, that's same. a big move in what was a facility that looks like a real facility. This is the. Yeah. This Do you know what the, I mean? So I was like, huh, that's when the scientist gives in the big lecture about God. That's my favorite scene. There's no because music. The best scenes had classical, or was it Strauss? The the best classical music. Yeah, there's a because bit, there's it a reverberated deep... with me. Like everything else was like a, a pieces of paper, and when you had those moments with them, and classical music was pa- playing, I connected the most with him, and right. I felt what he was trying to say about humanity. I just I connected the most. That's I, interesting. It um, was a great scene, and if you really everything else it, was fragmented. If you think about then, all the yeah. other scenes, I mean th- that that camera move was like something you've never seen in the entire movie. So they movie. attached yeah. it to a pulley system that was actually in the location. So right. they didn't have a budget for that right. kind of thing, and right. so they that power plant had a big pulley system. And oh, they actually yeah. so just throw the, the camera, camera to it. it, and it and did but it totally, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking with those big chains. Yeah, attached to. I thought it was really interesting in that they're having this conversation about God and. And this is the most sort of uh, mathematical and clean bit of camera work in the movie. Yeah, but the, like, the facility it was, it was, it was, itself. Oh yeah, no. Well, that's what I'm saying is that like it was it was really appropriate to what the discussion was. Well, it's a moment of calm in a yeah. film that is absolute chaos. Yeah, exactly. Like, even when things are going well towards the end, it's still chaos. Yeah. But that is it. it there's a it's a moment of quiet that occurs nearly after his rape scene. Yeah. Um, and and he's kind of, which was a great rape scene. Not to, to, I'm not, it was a great, because all you saw is his, his, it was incredibly well. Yeah. He's for the audience. He is, uh, he's in prison prison and he is like the, the, they throw him intentionally facility. Yeah. Like they intentionally put him into a room with someone they know is going to do violence. A guard does that because he won't shut up. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so there's, there's just an enormous amount of cruelty in this movie. And, uh, and, uh, so, just to reiterate, like it does get bookended with a kindness and and some really interesting moments of attempts to understand him. Well, yeah, I think and, this is what uh, what's lovely about the movie yeah, is that like yeah. the the great the greatness of the movie is that I I love when you said when you said earlier uh, that you were angry when you first walked out of this movie. Yeah, like I've talked about this on the podcast before, where it's like I have some of my favorite movies are movies that I hated. When I first saw them, yeah, and uh, and which is just you know, I have a very strong emotional reaction to something, yeah, um, and uh, like for me, uh, like Don't Look Now is one of these movies where it just pissed me off. I was like, yeah. and now it's like my favorite horror movie ever made. Um, but the uh, this one, like, it, this is this is so hard up front that I had to stop watching. And I had to see. I, I was just like, if the whole movie is like this, I I have to tap out. I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna. I can't do this for yeah. two yeah, straight hours. Yeah, because it starts off like a play, right? right. It is a play with the. the it's yeah. like absolutely the four walls and the yeah. gray color scheme. I felt like I was on an off off Broadway show, right? right. Uh, you know about uh, you know, and it's basically though. 
I watched it twice because the first time I was like, what the fuck kind of art direction choices on that yeah, first? And it right. was a set. I was like, it's a play. Okay, it's a play. And then when we got out, I think the cam- multiple cameramen, the DPs, uh, you know, perspective. But I went back and said, I got to watch this again because there were moments in it that I was really uh, – I, I, it's just, I felt everybody, all the people, the real people were meaningless and, and the causes of the problem. The, the most beautiful was the cradling and then the birth because yep. it's raw, yep. and, but it's real and it's w- beautiful. Right. It was really beautiful. Well, just yeah, like this her the, giving birth. You don't see that. Right. It's like, uh, I think a couple episodes ago. Well, let's, let's, let's just, get, let's get a little bit of plot in there so people understand. So he quickly, wanted- I just want to quickly say one thing before and then I'll shut up for 10 seconds. It is like the when you see people with um, physical and mental issues. It's in American theater. It's like we're not going to show this, yeah. at least historically. But it was like that guy I went to see a couple times, uh, uh, Crispin Glover. I used to see, yeah, and he, and he would see his would, movies and yeah. all his movies. Um, I saw it. You know, over the past 15 years, he would raise money by showing his movies. And, and they, he did What Is It, right? What Is, is It? That's right. Yeah. And he signed one of these books I had. And I just – it is raising that uncomfortableness. And this is 93 because you need to see this. It's important. But somehow cinema, you know, creates this world where that doesn't exist. Right. So when you had all this fake crap and, you know, meshed pieces of paper. And then you had real – he's cradling this child like that. Yeah. And then the birth, I was like, wow, oh, that wonderful. is so yeah. beautiful and yeah, real. So That's to what- give context to those points, Eric, the, 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 the people need to understand. So what happens as he goes through the world, uh, he needs to um, – uh, he, he encounters a bunch of violent things, but he also encounters some people that, that continue the story with him as they go along. So one of the groups of people is a band. He runs into a band. Before that, he has this really wild interaction, though. Like as soon as he leaves, um, other than the the car of hooligans that like drive by, um, he has this just wild thing where he hears this music, uh, this singing, and he goes up and it's this group from the Salvation Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very strange experience. Yeah. And I mean they're in the middle of nowhere. Right. And And the first thing he does because he's never been outside the house and the only thing he knows is his mother. Yeah. Is he goes to the woman who's large and older and just grabs her breasts? Yep. yep. Because he has a thing about breasts. He loves. Yep. Yeah. This is his fondling right. breasts. Yeah. And to him, it's like that's the only thing I know how to do. Well, it's one of the only toys he's ever had. Right. right. You know, you kind of have to start remembering that he's basically a five-year-old. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and then one of the other women takes him home and immediately has sex with him which and, is also and, very strange and, and she's singing which is amazing yes. like in, Ger- the, in yeah. german that was the moment in the movie when i was like all right this movie is going somewhere really interesting yeah yeah like, she's basically yeah. on she's having sex with him she's on top she's controlling the sexual situation and this is this is have you seen many sex scenes with the mother and that is very Ugly to watch, not physically, right. but just just yep. in every it's emotional way. Right. It's terrible. this one is much more beautiful, right? And if you notice, he even has his hands on his own chest there, and he's just like he, he, witnessing he is, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does and, not and have his hands on his mother's in, breast he, like he had before. Yeah, right. he, he's kind of just in awe of the moment, and he's like, "Oh, the world is a beautiful place." Right. And then it goes really, really yeah. sideways yeah. for him. Right. Right. And I think that that kind of once again to this kind of child quality shows just those extreme swings 
Yeah, like well, yeah. Again, and see if I can. I'm gonna. I don't. I'm, I mean, to cut you off if you have. Uh, if you. Oh. Well, no, that was it was good. I forgot. I, I forgot to add the, the thing. But he does run into this group of. Uh, there are several things that we can get to those things, but the, he runs into this group of of, of um, band. This band. It's yeah. kind of like you know, like guys who run around and they, you know, they hardly have any money and they're just playing in clubs or whatever. Right. Yep. But they're playing music and he runs into them. Reminds loses, me of the Nick Cave and Bad Seeds from. I uh, just was thinking he loses Nick Cave fan yeah. for like oh, thirty years. Another, another totally. Week and I was yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. was fucking like totally. Yeah. And he kind of looked like he Nick. looks a little. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's true, like man. from it's the totally back, true. like I would say, like Tender Prayer mm-hmm. time. You know, late eighties, early nineties, or you know. Oh, there's no way Rolf didn't know that when he. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. definitely yeah. part of the look. Yeah. 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 But he sure. loses he loses track with him and then reconnects with him in the in some club. He finds him and they're like, "Hey, it's Bubby," and uh, suddenly he starts to do kind of a. Um, uh, uh, just out of nowhere, they put a mic in front of him as they're playing, and he does kind of like a what's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it oh, comes but, off on like performance art, singing. performance art yeah. singing things, and, and he he's does, saying things that he has said he earlier. Is say, or heard he earlier. is saying the the bubby stuff that he says, right. like yelling things that he's heard from other people, right. and everyone looks at it as like, yeah, yeah, so badass, weird, yeah. right. yep. constrict, and everyone loves it, and suddenly they're like, oh, you've got to come back, right? right. And then he's like, no, 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 I got to take care of this cat because he finds this other cat. So suddenly the cat that he killed mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie, which mm-hmm. is very disturbing, now he feels like he has to protect the cat. It's right. showing growth. It's yeah. showing yeah, growth. It's, it's like, like, it, no, it, right? like, like emotionally for the audience, that's the same cat. Right. You know? And so, so then he wants to go back to protect the cat and give it pizza because that's what he knows. He's very, mm-hmm. very limited knowledge right. and window, right? Yeah. It's like I have to give the cat pizza. <laughs> and so – he goes there, and there's some hooligans. Sounds that, like an early video game. That yeah. beat up, <laughs> right? It sounds like an early. And he's some hooligans that beat up his cat and killed the cat. Uh, and so now he's sad. How he's walking around with a dead cat again, uh, another dead cat. And then he runs into uh, these uh, group of people uh, that are walking in a park, and he's sitting on a park bench holding his dead cat. And then these people, they have uh, on wheelchairs, they've got cerebral palsy, and there's a nurse uh, who's walking them, and he looks at the nurse and goes, is my cat dead? And he goes, yes, your cat is dead. Clearly it's dead. And then he ends up joining them to help them. But there was a beautiful moment in there's that a, scene. Yeah, that go ahead. Just go ahead, Ted. He, you know, so he has that, that interaction, the same interaction you just mentioned, but then he looks at one of the oh right the people yes, in the yes. wheelchair and she makes a sound she goes and he, like and, just right. just a sound and yeah. he can and interpret he everything interprets she what she right. says yeah. right. and at first they're not quite sure but then they do it again and they they're like okay we got to bring this guy back with us so they right bring so him he back becomes to, kind of messiah like in this sense yeah. yes right. in a sense and the the it's a it's a a, a woman uh, that's got severe cerebral palsy, yeah, right? right? She cannot speak at all. Uh, and she is completely enamored by the fact that he can uh, understand her and interpret what she says. Yeah. Suddenly, he just repeats everything that this only – I think it's only her that he re- interprets, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's and the and like, at least that's the, really... that's the core story. Is she's yeah. basically in – in love with him, you know, right. for lack of better. Yep. And you know. so, uh, so then they decide to take care the the the, the group that's some kind of a, a facility that takes care of these these people that have got cerebral palsy, uh, and they are definitely people that have really 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're like they're in they're in hard shape. They're uh, all like this is the part where I was about as emotionally connected to the movie as I could yeah. possibly be. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do want to say something before we talk more about this. In a movie that you start worrying that things are going to be exploitive, yeah, and this scene starts, you go, "Oh fuck, here we like, go." Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't go that direction. It, it does actually not. goes in a very beautiful direction. Yeah, yeah, much agree. I exactly. didn't have that initial feeling because of the, I, the, yeah. uh, his um, Crispin Glover's movies. Oh, that's right. true. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Okay. But that's yeah, what that's I was mentioning really, earlier because yeah. I've seen those a couple, three times. That, yeah. And, they feel exploitive? No. Well, at first when I saw Crispin's You're movie, that I was like, what be. the fuck? Right. But then I understood. I said, this is really beautiful. Why right. is there this curtain that we can't talk about real right. things like this? Right. And the passion and the love. You saw a mother cry holding her kids. You knew it was her mother because right. yes. she just went like this. And that I was, was like – real. It yeah. was real. Yeah. And then the birth was real. And it was just like that is um, – Something I really connected to. And yep. just quickly, I feel like that power plant thing scene, mm-hmm. that was the Peter Falk moment. Yeah, totally. Mm. I get you. I Do you get know, you. like in the Wings, first, of Desire, yeah, Wings of Desire, like everything – the Peter Falk. I love Peter Falk. And it was like, oh. And oh, you're that, one of them. I'm one of you too. Yeah. He's like, wait. It's like, there's something – and he was just giving – he's giving his knowledge, which gets an overview of the whole thing. Right. Don't waste your you time. This is the real truth. Right. Yeah. And that's the – I felt like – just talking about it, I was right. like, that's Peter Falk. Yeah. That, we have to Which do a separate th- podcast on that movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. Uh, it's, like, it is very true. Like, I would say that's true generally of the movie is that you, you – with every new element of the movie, you are worried that you're going to be sorry you watched this. And, right. then, uh, and then it turns itself around. And it's such a big turn like, from the beginning to the end of the movie. It's hard to even express it. So what happens is that they, they start to take care of him – Specifically, the nurse, whose name is Angel, right. who he admires. Right. And so she said, because he's gone through shit, he's gone through jail or whatever, all kinds of horrible things have happened to him. And so he needs to be washed, right? Mm-hmm. So she's washing him because she's used to washing people that are you know, physically challenged or mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. And she's washing him the same way that his mother washed him when right. they were in the apartment, which is also a little bit – Disturbing, you start to realize like where it's going to go, right? right? She's also a larger woman, mm-hmm. much like his much younger, but larger woman, much like his mother was. And he's like, I know where this is going to go, right? Because of the situation with his mother. And so he says, you know, I want to see your breasts or <laughs> – Right. Right? And, and well, a little more graphic the way he talks about it. And at which point you're going to go, oh, boy, you know? Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, hang on though like the, he had become kind of hardened at, at that point you know and he, he was, had, starting, he was right. starting to learn a few rules of the world which is why he said it instead of grabbing them yes and then the other part of that as well is that he was feeling like he was too vulnerable as bubby so he tried to take on his own father's huh. persona right. he said i am telling not, everyone i that's am that's right now. Yeah. Says, she will not. only see him when he's when he's bubby yes right. and and i found that really interesting just the whole not that moment in particular. I love that moment actually, but I think that this whole idea of him becoming pop is, is a de- was a defense mechanism for it, him. It's 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 partially a defense mechanism, but it's also representative of even though he's like this extreme case, um, you know, as a man, you know, and I grew up in Texas, and you know, high machismo levels, all sure. those kinds of things. My dad was a longshoreman, mm-hmm. um, super blue collar, right. you know. 
you end up in this phase as a teenager where you have to challenge your father. Right. Like maybe not to an actual fist fight, but there's, you know, those kinds of, or maybe that does happen, you know, like there's, yeah. But in some sense, it's almost like you have to kill your father to become a man. Right. And like that, you know, that's, that's an element. And and I think that they found a really interesting way to do it there. And then to also say, well, in that moment in particular, sometimes you have to let that guard down and just be you. And right. and I found that kind of it was kind of a it was a weirdly endearing moment to it have. It was strange. A, yeah. It was weird yeah, and had sexual had a, and com- complicated, but it was interesting. Yeah, complicated is a good word for this movie. Yeah, oh, very very, much very, so. complicated. very complicated. Yeah, very complex. There's movie. a lot to unpack, and it's yeah. it's. It's things aren't necessarily what you think they are initially. Right. Right. And so this is when the point where you start to see him sort of find a way for him to deal with the real world in some ways mm-hmm. and challenge all the ugliness of the real world because there's a lot of ugliness. Her parents are really ugly people, right? Yeah, right. A lot of things are very Yeah, ugly. they're super religious. And also, what, like, can just need a little bit of clarity on what happened to them. Like that, that, like that. So that was a strange thing. So what happens is that she basically invites him to go visit her parents and have dinner there. Yeah. Her parents pretty much say the most horrible things about her as a person. Right. Behind the guise of religion. Yeah. Behind the guise you're of fat, religion. You know, you're fat. You're God fat. Hates God, fat God hates fat people. Right. Right. And no one, you know, et cetera. And no one's ever going to love a fat person. Right. And she's just horrified, right? And then at which point um, – Bubby repeats the lines that he heard from the scientist from the scene that we kept talking yeah. with Eric, yeah. which is the scientist says you have to learn to uh, dis dis what what's the word? How disembark or um, God to take take uh, dis uh, to take apart take a, take take God apart or whatever. Right. Like like there there are too many things point to uh, basically it's a it's a, it's a very uh, atheist point of view yeah i mean yes. I'll, I'll just say what he says because i think what he says fuck god fuck, may yeah. he strike me down yeah right and yeah. That's a good it, it's like and and well, the, not the well, scientist guy oh yeah the scientist yeah, guy. yeah he, well, he, at, he at got, the dinner table well he got quotes, that from right. the scientist but, but he quotes yeah. it, yeah. Fuck, which, fuck appa- god. which apparently yes. well, the, fuck act, god. the the yeah. actor himself is uh, very catholic mm. and had the hardest hardest time actually saying those lines but there right. was yeah, a interesting. Fra- pardon me, interesting. there was a phrase though the scientist said was it dis uh, something god disengage disengage from god you have to disengage from god and that um that i remember because it was like kind of, yeah. he was pulling away so they were yeah. kind of dots right. but it was like disengage and i felt like that was the whole thing is like look at this whole thing in the world that we have you just and, and we're lying to ourselves right. right but it was very interesting so it goes to that and basically tells the people who are extremely religious and obviously very religious to go fuck themselves and that his daughter, their daughter is beautiful and he loves them. And you guys are fuckers is basically what he's kind of saying, which is why the words that he puts in. This is why I think her name is angel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, And it's because religion is not this thing that you can't see or touch, uh, or something that, that isn't, Real in right. the construct. It, it is real. Film. It's actuality. It is, yes. Yeah. And that's what she <laughs> yes. is. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. This is this is the this is the thing that I. Uh, Religion is the cradling of the humanity between the mother and the daughter as she, she's picking her up. Right. Like the, and the, then her, you know, on the table having the baby, and it was just natural and, and real. Right. The and, real world. Yes. The real world. Yeah. Because like I think that that's the like the how can I say this? All right. So at which uh, okay, go ahead. 
No, no, go. I think I cut you off. Go ahead. There, so, so what happens after they basically do that is uh, you pretty much figure out that he goes. He's he walks back to the 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 the, the junkyard where he, the cat died mm-hmm. and picks up some uh, uh, saran wrap, and you know that he's going to kill them. Yep. Yep. Right, because that's how he killed his parents. I see. Yes. Yep. Right. Right. So he killed his parents, at which point they said – some point in the dialogue – this is the point where it is like there's something really surreal about the real world. She, she, she says they were going to die. They were going to die anyway. They were going to die anyway. <laughs> right. Because so. of – and this is – this is uh, there's so many things about this movie that like – it seems like a fucked up stupid movie in some ways. Like, ugh, it's all over the place. But it's like so many things tied together beautifully. It's like they were going to die because of all the poison Poisons in the air, the world, yes. all the this stuff, the pollutions, the mercury, the this yeah. and that. And you're like – that's why you were trapped inside the house because yeah. you had the gas mask right. and they're like, right. this is your excuse. I mean, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Like that. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because like it's, it's a, it's a weird. In- we're all going to die of yeah. cancer. It's a, it's a weird inversion of like, she has, how can I say it? Like it's a, it's a weird spiritual inversion of the beginning. And yeah. like it's true <laughs> with her angel versus the mother. And right. they both are there. Like angel and the mother both think about the poisoning of the yeah. world. Right. And, and oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the other part of that that's related to it is that, you know, when she's saying that they're looking at these smokestacks, you know, and yeah. he's yeah. got this thing. But um, it's a sunset. So it's all very yes. red. Yeah, yes. and, and Mike, oh, I'm sorry. But, I just want to interject. That, make it beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it is glorious. Yeah. It's a glorious. It's a glorious thing. Yeah. Um, the, the, my, my confusion was like, I was like the way that she was talking made it sound like she killed them. Like I understand he's the one who gets the, the saran wrap. But I was like, it, this felt, I, felt, I was just like, wait, what the fuck just happened here? Did they, is it like, yeah. did they she, both do this? She sanctioned that. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is really, was, yeah. really, was she there for it? Did she do it? You know, like I was, I was really, I was like, whoa, like I, I'm not even sure how to interpret what it well, was. I, it, being my, about. I actually, I do have an interpretation of that, but I didn't land on it until maybe like the sixth or seventh time that I watched the film, <laughs> which is that when he goes and he picks up that saran wrap, this is him actually getting to teach something. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting yeah. point. Teach something, right. Yeah. right. And so he's been learning this whole time. And one thing you almost talked about before we like got into more of like really introducing the film is the mimicry. And right. I, I mean, I think that like it is one of the smartest parts of this film. Yeah. And it's carried through so beautifully. And the only way that it works as well as it does is that they shot it in order. Right. And oh, yeah, so, they shot everything in order. Yeah, that was another and so thing his was ability to mimic was based off of scenes they right, had yeah. actually already done. Right, he's already yeah. referenced yeah, to work and, from. And yeah. that's why it's so good. <clears throat> yeah. um, and, you know, that idea of as a child, that's that's how you learn right. is, is through mimicking. Um, but the level to which he does it because of his severe isolation, mm-hmm. you know, where he's even acting like animals and all those things. Right. And like, I love it when he goes into the copy uh, shop. And, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, just yeah, starts barking at the guy. <laughs> and even terrible. like, the, I, I, I'll never yeah. forget the first time I saw that. I even was like, like jumped back and I was like, yeah, yeah right. it was really, right, really right. good. Yeah. But you know, the, the level to which that mimicry goes follows all the way through the film until he's in his last performance. And, Everyone is now mimicking him. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, now he's kind of becoming this, you know, maybe even on a very small local level, this like pop icon to them. Right. And that's why it feels like being there where everyone's like, oh, you know. Everyone's learning the lesson from the this. Learning yeah, a lesson right. and all he's yeah, doing is right. like just right. repeating I'm Chancey Gardner, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and kind of that idea of like, you know, 
where do these things that we follow within pop culture come from? Right, right. And, and you know, like if you were to follow it backwards and find the most effed up way that like that could have ever yeah, exactly. happened, exactly. And it's is, a very surreal scene because he's he obviously now he's like a a lot of people come to see him do his you know chanting at yeah. the rock concert, right. and everyone's got their like everyone's all wrapped up in in uh, in saran. Well, everybody wrap as well. in the band and has the saran, saran wrap on their saran wrap on their heads, and it's like. Weird stuff. Oh, what the fuck is that? And everyone's doing it, and he's like, he's like, and talking. he's singing, and he's singing uh, as if he has the same uh, physical limitations as the people he's caring for, right? Yeah. You know, like, and, it's oh, like, and that's another. Okay, so we should talk about the scene that Eric was mentioning earlier. He goes back to the uh, to the facility with the the people with cerebral palsy. There's the girl that he somehow has an ability to communicate with, and she. You, there's a scene before that, I guess. Where you notice something they help to do with the people with cerebral palsy is to lay down on the ground with them and caress them. Yeah. Right. And it's this and Stroking very, their face. And, stroking their face and stuff. And I guess this is a very soothing thing and right. loving thing right. to be able to bond with them and be able to make them feel comforted and loved. Right. right? And so he does a similar thing with this girl who's, again, ser- uh, severe cerebral, uh, cerebral palsy. Uh cradles her and he, she can't communicate or audibly that we know but he can mm-hmm. and she is communicating how much she loves him yep. and he says i love angel i right. don't you know and it's this very sad moment where he embraces her cares for her but explains to her that he loves She's someone, in love else. With someone else he's, he's in, in love, love with someone, someone else, else. Right. and she is crying yeah it is a oh, very it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah, it is totally heartbreaking. It is one of the most heartbreaking love scenes I have seen. Yeah, it's really, it's really something. It's really something. To it's say. very, very powerful. Th- Eric, the, you're absolutely right. That scene was amazing. Yeah, like, and this is that the, was the best for me. Those were the best parts of the yeah. the movie because I felt everything else was it. it you know, like. I, I go back to that cop, the way he just pulled him out of the car and punched him. It was like – it was right. very cartoonish in a way, but it all led to something. Yeah, yeah. like the, with, well, the, and, and, the cartoonishness is part of what makes it yeah, work. Right. But when you right. first see it um, – It's wacky. Well, you, you, you know, I think you've been in the film business a while where you're like, that doesn't cut well. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. right. And it's like you have to just put that aside on a shelf right. and just say, you know what, and just watch it. And when I watched it the second time, all that other bullshit – um, about the kind of getting out of the Mercedes and the cap. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, right. couldn't they cast a little better here? But I under, you know, I started to follow that. And then I was thinking of Wings of Desire right around that, uh, the pizza girl who was in stealth. Right. Fantastic role as a pizza stealth girl. Pizza. And, um, she, yeah, it was <laughs> stealth, stealth pizza, pizza. And that was the thing. Stealth That's pizza. the irony. It was called the stealth pizza. Stealth, Did you see it? She right. wrote stealth. It's a little stealth. triangle so shape, just like yeah. the plane. <laughs> and pizza tosser, just like the plane. Do you want pepperoni? And it was that. It, that's they unbelievable. Did, they I did think, shoot stealth in Australia. It's probably yeah, it's true. Did they? And they? Yeah, uh, of course uh, they did. And they actually killed Jamie Fox. It's true. They, but it's uh, you know like they. <laughs> he was an invasive species. <laughs> He's an invasive species in, in Hollywood. Oh. Yeah, that's terrible. I didn't want to chase that joke down, but well, now the joke's out there. I love Jamie Fox, and as we all know, that I have watched Miami Vice about sixty times. So, no offense to you, Mr. Fox. I think you're an amazing actor. Uh, in any case, uh, but stealth is terrible. We can all agree, stealth is terrible. Um, it's interesting, kind of hearing 
hearing you talk about liking the classical music moments. In that it. was for me, um, it resounded the most. Yeah. Because and, there was a f- fragmentation. Yeah. And, and actually that bothers me. Why? Um, because I actually really enjoy the. There's so little music in this. We should mm-hmm. maybe maybe kind of like oh, talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it's not a scored through type of a film. Yeah. It's, no. A lot of it is just sound design, yeah. and a lot of it is using those those mics that were on him. Yep. Um, and it's they even did things where like the sounds that were coming from outside when he's in the apartment were piped in live there on the spot and they would have to sit in that for a while before they would start their take. Um, and so like there, w- there was just this very methodical right. kind of way in which that stuff was it's done. It's definitely worth – the, the I, I had, I had to, my headphones on while I was watching yeah, it. So yeah. I definitely recommend – because it makes so much more sense after I found out how to – And the, the mix wasn't necessary. Uh, we're not looking at a, like a rich like Star no. Wars ri- mix. We're looking no, at just careful very choices. subtle – so what what is it about the sound? Stuff. What is it about adding uh, the classical music that upsets you? Uh, I wouldn't say it upset me. Yeah, sure. um, it it for me actually rang a little less true than the rest of the film because it, it was, was using standard cinema tools to where you, the rest of the film he, is does not. not. But the guy that explained everything to him in the power plant talks about that music is out of all this with no god. Right. Music is the one that pushes you. Uh, I mean, it, music's yeah, the most I important thing. I think I got the thing. same effect. Like, is the that, music is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, everything in this film does not have a device that draws you in. Like, Crispin Glover is the same right. thing. The whole film is this fragmentation. But yeah. it's all fragmented in a way. Like, the actor is not very good. There's scenes right. where there are dead moments between the right. things with the band. And you're like, okay, you're buying it because it's yeah. about him. Yeah. But the way to – that all together is like the chiaroscuro on the character leaning. There was something it needed. Yes. And that's what I was – because it just said it's him. Right. Yeah, it's right. this. Well, and I think I think you're right. In that, um, for me, like music is a wonderful uh, – especially classical music because it's just so clearly this is like it's such a mathematical thing. Like it's not like the, like the reason why classical music – classical music is, uh, is an extremely – uh, mathematical expression of beauty, and uh, and I think that that's why that links up with that power scene. plant and the power plant scene so well is because what they're talking about is like the world is is a real thing and it is beautiful and beauty is real you know mm-hmm. like that is the essentially the through the through line there the example of that is music which is like it is not uh, it is like it's not from God it's from reality like it's actual and it makes you feel a certain way and it's and it's an expression of that just like bubby is and how he is expressing uh himself right uh, and i think that like i think that there's i agree with there's a certain you know a measure of like you know hollywood has abused that that oh it's a so crutch thir- yeah, thoroughly yeah. as a crutch it, i would it's definitely not used as a crutch in right. this film right. i don't they, i don't think there are crutches right. in this no, film. but it needs right. that just like you need to have him cradle the girl uh, in because it just to show his side because other than that he's you know he's this wanderer mm-hmm. and 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 it's so, an amazing moment because you realize he's learned empathy in yeah. some way that you yeah. never but right. it's very authentic it's not like oh how did he suddenly become empathetic you 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 went down that journey the, this yeah. is yeah this is what I was going to say <laughs> you went the, from cat the, to that yeah, the, <laughs> the effect of the movie is really like the movie is most like it's uh, its effect is really interesting because, like I said, like I, if the movie had been uh, the same as the beginning all the way through, like I would have 
given up on watching the movie. Yeah. And that's not because I like I've seen plenty of nasty things and gross things and that doesn't that doesn't bother me too. Uh, see anything like that in the movie? Well, it loses uh, effect too. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. this is the thing: is like when those things are used because the statement of the movie is "life is meaningless and stupid." Then I just go, "Well, okay, I, I got your point in the first five minutes. I don't have to watch the next two hours of this. Like that's a waste of my time." Um, but the what he's what they're doing in this is uh, they're creating like as massive a divide between elements of your experience as you po- as you can have in a film yeah right and uh and i think as eric's bringing up like the one of the great uh elements of that is that the violence and the cruelty and the uh how can i say it? like everything especially for the first half of the movie um is it's not like saving private ryan style where it's like grisly realism it's really not real like it's all very like you said play like and very affected and very hyper real and brutal. the guys playing right. up in the cars yeah and like being just when like just when they're in the house in the beginning you know like it's 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 a totally stylized oh experience yeah. oh, it feels yeah. like right. you said uh, an off off broadway play. yeah yeah oh, it's something totally like this this yeah. ultra it's like if, if terry gilliam were mixed with uh gaspar noe you know yeah and uh and there wasn't enough neon lights, though. Yeah, that's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> so that's yeah. where they had the problem. Uh, and uh, and so my initial reaction is the the artificiality in that in in only being exposed to that part of it to me played like that's an example of what the like the guy who's making this movie doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about when it, when he's talking about suffering. That was my impression right off the bat. Was yeah. like what he's showing me is false drama, like is is fake feeling hyper real uh like he's exaggerating abuse for the titillation of abuse is what i was mm-hmm. basically that's the, what i felt going into the movie and I was right like, oh boy fuck this movie but i don't know if i can handle this but you, no no i'm, I'm, I'm just sorry, want to follow sorry, through sorry, this sorry, whole sorry. thing no 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 um and but do you th- sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh but then when it breaks out into the real world and the hyper realism continues hyper meaning like it's unreal uh right uh surreal surreal uh then i would then i was just getting like i said when the the singing during the sex scene i was like wait a minute what the fuck are we, what am i watching here what is yeah. this thing yeah this um, girl who like he just met right and he like, got so, so much ass though i mean like he was sleeping with everybody <laughs> and i was like <laughs> that's the subtitle of the film but the girl that's why now like, it explains the singer itself. girl yeah. i was like she's got she's yeah. very attractive yeah. nice figure bad boy and bubby he's gets like so having much sex ass. Like, God, this guy is like totally that's what made me real like how you know uh the way he wanders through this world mm-hmm. is almost like the razor's edge uh, right. in a way. Like he's just seen all this stuff, but right. it is the, you know, the, uh, the, so yes, this is the, this the is Bruno. the thing is that like, it, yeah, exactly. So like the, as the movie goes on, it retains that hyper reality, hyper reality to everyone and affected quality to everyone's performance and to the staging of the scenes and all this kind of stuff. Only now it's showing you things that are happy as well. And it's just as weird. And you might start going, okay, so this is really his, viewpoint of what's happening yeah and then when the movie becomes great is when it introduces um people who are actually suffering from real things uh and it lets that be completely real right and i was like oh shit like he's secretly known all along what uh what actual pain and suffering is and now we can now he's allowing us to clearly see this along with the growth of Bubby's reaction to it. And so like Bubby's 
uh, uh, Bubby's uh, reaction to the things that are happening around him becomes, uh, how can I say it? Like he is just, he remains stylized through the film, mm-hmm. right? And, but the film becomes less stylized. So when you get to the point of emotional realism and truth and beauty, his reaction is, he's still giving the same kind of performance, but what it reveals is, whoa, I just got choked up saying it. Well, sorry. What it reveals is that his reaction is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like his, uh, the, the, the hyper reaction that he is having is actually the reaction that we should all have to the actual world. And when he starts to have those reactions is right after she actually says that she doesn't think that he has a mental disability. Yes. It was keyed perfectly. It really, really, really. I don't know how much you read about the film itself. What you said is incredibly accurate to his purpose with the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So he, um, was very interested in exploring the dark side of childhood Mm -hmm. because he didn't have a hard childhood, but he knows a lot of people do. And he didn't really know how to connect to it. Right. Like, so, I mean, that's like dead on where you're at, which is true for most people that watch this film. But then he also, before he wrote even a page of this script, he knew that he couldn't depict those things with actual children. Yeah, exactly. So that's where the impetus for writing. Do you think though, then this, my question I was going to ask all you guys, um, hi Chris, is that, um, is the fact that as a director, you're going to basically put your film in the hands. It's not your DP, my guy. It's, you're going to have, how many DPs did they have? Like 20 something. So it's not like, <laughs> oh, I'll fix it in the edit. It's like you're putting this enormous trust of interpretation. And maybe that's what you were just talking about for each of those scenes. If they used all those different DPs, it's not like, you know, let's try to get this lens for the shot. It's like you're putting, all, you know, 40% of just winging it with right. the next DP, right. you know, stylistically and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out in a cut. So there's a real gamble there is thinking that that person who's shooting it Mm -hmm. is going to give me something maybe that I don't have because I had a perfect childhood. Yeah. Or in a way. Because Haneke shoots a lot. uh, Michael Haneke stuff. It's like he talks about like that middle class, upper middle class life and and the children it's raising. And um, he kind of addresses those, but he doesn't – I guess – he had the same thing, so it's different. Right. He right. was reflecting on what was wrong. He felt was wrong because right. he had the same thing. Right. Right. He doesn't is what you were saying. Right. I just was thinking when you just said that 20 minutes ago that they used all these DPs. I'm like, God. Oh, I think you're imagine right. Imagine trying to corral all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. wait a minute. You're using the, you know, Fuji. We're all using Kodak. This, imagine like those meetings. And that's like, no, yeah. we're going to use Fuji. Yeah, like, the, it's like the, it just even right. the stuff like that. It's because like, like essentially what he's doing, like the understanding and the sort of the freedom that he's giving those photographers, I guess, uh, like – is like entrusting them is the that level of trust is essentially what he's giving the audience also like it's such a fucking high high wire act this movie uh it's such an emotional it's not it's beyond an emotional roller coaster this is just like being pushed off a cliff movie <laughs> you know uh and uh and to uh sort of like bring it bring it around to say that like you know the 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 beauty of the world is so so uh in and uh, is so endemic to it uh that we are numb to it and the actual response we should have is to fucking sing while we have sex <laughs> you know yeah. it's like it's like the the like we are so so very used to 
everything in the world yep. that it's hard for us to see the world for real. Yeah. And I was really, I was, I was really taken, I was really taken aback in the last like 20 minutes of the movie. I was like, I was not prepared for what this, what this movie is. You know, a scene that really shows that off and it's a tiny little scene in the film is when he hears the girl playing the violin. Uh, yeah. 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 And for real. Yeah. What classical music. Yeah. Well, but she's playing it. I know. But the notes, you're talking about something where there's no music through the whole thing, as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, yeah. And the only really pure defined notes are classical music. Right. Yeah. But I'm not talking about my connection with classical music. Yeah. I'm talking it's about the action of watching his, this happen. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, oh, but I'm just saying yeah. orally, like, because music yeah, was a big audience. part. You're saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, because the, the stuff the band was playing was like, it was forgettable right. in some ways right. for me. I don't know. No, well, it's, it's oh, there, okay, okay. So right. there's something I've been trying for a long time. But, uh, so there was something very interesting about – because I'm still fascinated by his relationship with women, right? Because his relationship yeah. with women is has to be – if you has to be fucked up because of what was going on with his mother, right? <laughs> yes, right? Yes, right? Yes. I was sleeping with his mother. Yeah. yeah. I think he's got he's issues. Fine. He's fine. He's, he's got fine. issues. For, yeah, 35 yeah. years in the same room with his mother and fucking her every night was – disturbing but so he suddenly he has this weird experience with this you know salvation army woman mm-hmm. who sings to orgasm in german uh as one does german the most <laughs> orgasmic of all languages yeah, um uh and then and then he does the whole thing with the eclair and i was like okay so it's going to be like one kindly woman to the next right so he the story that here is it's interesting he goes to a bakery because he's hungry he sees there's food he sees a woman in front who orders an eclair he does exactly what she does and repeats line by line what she does to order an eclair except she gives money for her money for her food uh. and then he doesn't. He just wants to eat the eclair, and he's like, "You got to pay for that." And he goes, and he just repeats the line because that's all he does. Yep. He doesn't know how to communicate. He right. knows only how to repeat what other people. And have he said. doesn't even have a concept of what money. He is. has no concept yeah, of what exactly. money is, etc. Yeah. The woman looks at him, takes him outside. She goes, "Oh, all right. He's going to get another piece of ass, right?" Somehow, this is because this is what I'm I'm thinking in a movie, right? Yeah. She takes him into a convertible, at which point. He gropes her again, like he seems to be doing with every woman, and she just seems to just go, whatever. They're just plot devices, though. What was interesting about her is that she, to me, felt – she and it was the fast. audio. It was the audio. You could barely hear her talk. Talk. Yeah. It right. was like wah 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 wah. At which point he did that, and then he that was Charlie Brown. number eleven, <laughs> right? And he's the guy that used Fuji, yeah. and I, I told him not to use so, it at the meeting. I thought it was Charlie That's Brown's Charles. That's and so I at which point, so then <laughs> he he yells <laughs> at some cop who's directing traffic because he's again repeating a line. He saw something. Yeah. The cop pulls him out of the car, beats him up, and she just drives off. That's the end of his relationship with that woman it was very strange it didn't go anywhere right so that was like okay so everything's kind of disjointed etc 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 and his the way that his interpretations of women is completely fucked up has that love that he suddenly feels and the debate of love which I don't think he's ever even felt even with his mother Mm -hmm. right that happens between the girl with cerebral palsy and the nurse angel right Mm -hmm. And then he's now now he's like king of the world on stage, which mm-hmm. is a big thing. Also, I think is very interesting. Being up on stage is something that is all about celebrity, right? Yeah, it's all right. about everyone loves you. The, then the world loves you. Everyone's looking at him and they love him, et cetera, et cetera. And they're all repeating the same lines that he's right. using. Right. So suddenly his lines are like 
being repeated to him in some strange way. He becomes a gimmick in a lot of ways and it starts to feel uncomfortable like, yeah, they're just making fun of the retarded kid, right? right. And it feels a little bit like that, right? A little bit like – I, I don't very, agree with that. No, no, I know I, do, I don't yeah. and I'm not – let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> it feels like they're doing that a little bit, right? And then they hand him a big blow-up doll, right, mm-hmm. with huge boobs because he keeps talking about huge boobs the whole time. And he's like – it's it's a big gimmick. And then that scene totally changes tones mm-hmm. and it's like oh and it's it's very weird. It's but very beautiful. Because it goes from like uh uncomfortable to objectifying women, all this other stuff, and then slowly this blow up doll that's a gimmick and objectifies women mm-hmm. slowly turns into angel. <laughs> On stage, yeah. the audio changes mm-hmm. to classical music, <laughs> yep. right? And then he is the, and slowly, slowly turns into him and Angel naked on a table. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't know why they're on a table, but it doesn't it doesn't make clear why they're on a table. About to make love, at which point, then it's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Okay, there you go. The table. Like the death of man tank? No, it's like death of Christ. It's, it's like no, it's like the last dinner. Okay, the, right, right, right. Last right. supper. Sorry. Last supper. Yeah. And then turns into a table. Very close up shot of her giving birth to twins. Uh-huh. So he's holding a child. She's giving birth to the second child. She's naked on a table. People are. There's a whole group of priests and religious people outside the window, all applauding the birth. Bandmates. Bandmates? Bandmates. The bandmates, but they're all dressed as priests. They started dressing that way before the last performance. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. So that's his band. His band is outside the window all (laughs) applauding his completely naked wife on a table giving birth. Right? Yeah. Right? It's a very beautiful scene. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. When you describe it, it doesn't sound like it should be, right? It sounds crazy. No, that was the best scene. That and the cradling of the child. Yes. For me, the most memorable. I just, maybe going back to what the guy was saying, the Peter Falk guy, yeah, right? The God guy about there is no God, but if we made our own God, could it be classical music in a way? Because it's about precision, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the closest thing we maybe we've gotten right. because the moments where they're pushing something, they're really using like uh, it's like 18th century. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're absolutely forcing, not forcing. It's beautiful, but mm-hmm. it works. But there is that thing about that. I think that uh, yeah, it's like I was saying before. I think that me- that music represents reality in that. In I'm that. pretty sure it's Vivaldi. Is I'm it Vivaldi? Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty Vivaldi. sure it is. Okay, it's very, so the point is okay, the point ahead. is it's that being used, and you could say it's a vehicle, but at the same time, it is maybe if you're if the characters are saying that one Peter Falk guy, I forget in the mm. power plant, is talking about dismantle God in a way. You know, the closest thing we you know go on your own, and the closest thing to God. We can create, I guess, amongst all this technology, because he was in a power plant. Yep. There was something really surreal about the power plant, like East German paintings of like guys in, <laughs> right. or Mark Tanzi, the painter, yep. who's like everybody's in these long white coats with clipboards. You know, there's something like science will solve our problems right. in a way. There's something about that that evoked that kind of weird feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's compared to the rest of the movie where it's just like all over and it was like. And then yeah. pull out. I mean, the two in a bizarre way. I took that guy to be God. 
<laughs> like I was like, okay, that's kind of God. Like he's like, he found him in the church. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. This is the, this is the, that's right. He found him in the universe. church and then they uh-huh. go to the power plant, yeah. which I, but right. I just, I just connected with the power plant scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought the green, everything was cool yeah. about it. It was like, wow, that's so weird. Right. Yeah. That was about as bizarre as the moment with the bagpipes where you're like, who the fuck, where did they come from? Yeah. Like, the bagpipers yeah. in the jail. Yeah. 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 Like there are a few things like that that are, like manifestations. I kind of like, like I, those. I, the the bagpipe yeah. scene was beautiful to me. Yeah. Like I really liked the bagpipes <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> bagpipes are always very affecting. Now they yeah. make even more of an effect on yeah. that. <laughs> and that jail was a strange yeah. jail. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like they had weird – like was it the cell numbers that were strange? It was something it, about the – It looked like it was a kennel that they yeah. like turned into looking like a – like I think it was like, like a location thing. You yeah. know, like – because also that the power plant scene wasn't supposed to be in a power plant. They lost their location and then got that. And they got that. They're like, do they have anything the more symbolic that we can get a hold of? <laughs> I, yeah. I've, I've been a fan of this for a long, long yeah. time. It's funny. So yeah, like, you, you know, and, and I actually even personally go through love and hate relationships with this right. one. Right. Well, it's it's definitely one of the like uh, it is it's one of the most bracing films I've ever seen for right. sure. And and ultimately, uh, if you can if if you can this, get through the if first... you can hang on because this is what happened. Like I, I started watching it, I read, I looked it up online, I was just like, what the fuck? And I saw the reviews, and like three in a row said, if you basically if you can hang on, this movie is amazing. And I was yeah. like, all right, fuck, okay. <laughs> and it's I I would write that review yeah. now. I'd be like, this is one of the hardest watches of all time. The beginning is the really, payoffs. really, really hard to watch. Yep. But you have to go through that journey to for it to make sense. Yeah, it doesn't mean like because yeah. actually my, my my favorite moment in the movie is the very last shot of the movie. Oh my god! Like when he's like playing with his kids, it's and, uh, and it's just like it's it's so real. It's just like it's like completely shockingly real to me because that's real to him. And it, well, the thing is, like he's yeah. playing with the kids and all this stuff, and then it pulls out, and then there's like a garbage truck that goes by. But totally, and it was just like, like soft, a little focus. So there's definitely that like there's the, the, the B there's, team DP was on that with Kodak. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> I used ends. Is that okay? Guys, no, great about it. that yeah. was our it's, shot. It's not like what I, what I was going to say is like what's great it about it is it is actually. not super it, sixteen. Yeah, it is not super sixteen. Yeah. It is not a pretty shot. It's a it's what yeah. you're what you're what you are seeing is beautiful and then it's put into a context of completely everyday life. It's not like it's like yeah. sunset and it's amazing and everything is yeah. perfect. It's like no fucking garbage truck and shit going on and here's the real world. Yeah. And, and it, it was plays like, for a long fucking time a long too. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is long time. Really, yeah. really great. Yeah. 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 And I was I was like that's like that is the ballsy kind of ending because like you, it's ballsy to have a happy ending period when you when you earn it it's ballsy to do it because like people will give you cheap happy endings all the time yeah and when you and you when you have the uh the the patience as a filmmaker to be like okay we are headed towards a happy ending so i'm going to make you when earn you, the happy ending. and i gotta tell you like when you guys if you guys see this movie and you lo- look at it and you're like Watch the first fifteen minutes. Like, there's no way this there's movie no has way. a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And and, and, and it's a hundred percent earned. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, yeah. I was yeah. not offended by the the beginning of the film. I wasn't. No, I wouldn't say. Well, I was you don't like cats. Yeah, come on now. No, no. Oh, I thought you meant the movie. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, but there are two types of cats. Nobody likes cats. Cooking didn't make any money at the box. But house. there's uh, basically, <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't really offended. I think because right, of yeah. the stage setup. 
I felt like so I was in a weird. New York off-Broadway. I, oh, yeah, I, like, I did not okay, mean to say. Okay, there's here, okay. And, yeah, like it's, it's virtually impossible to offend me with a movie. Uh, but I, d- I did feel like if it's going to accept. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's, I've seen, I can't, you know, there's, I've seen every kind of movie there is yeah. and I look for it. Um, but yeah. what I don't like is when people like, the, I forgot what this movie was. There's a movie that I saw a couple of years ago. The, it's a, it's, it takes place in a bomb shelter. There's a science fiction movie takes place, that takes place in a bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I, the way in which I got offended by the movie, I was just like, it was so, relentlessly bleak because it wanted to sell me on the idea of like, see how shitty the world is. And I was yeah. like, I don't agree. And this is dumb. <laughs> like you're yeah. wasting, I'm offended that you're wasting my time, yeah. you know? And I, and so like when this movie began, like there's lots to lots of good production things to say about it, but I was just like, I thought that like it was, it was headed in that direction where it was just like, okay, yeah, I, I hear, fine. You don't like everybody. Great. Good job, guys. You know? Um, and then in the end, I felt like an asshole for thinking that. <laughs> so what's interesting is the ending almost got changed. Um, yes. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm, I'm tell glad the story. you know about this yeah. too. Um, so they, when, when Rolf was kind of, actually it was during shooting. It was during yeah, they were shooting. Already yep. shooting. And, um, Australia was talking about bringing back the death penalty and oh, Rolf, wow. Rolf okay. was so angry about it that he considered having uh, Nicholas Hope get hanged at the end of the film instead. <laughs> that's, um, that's a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, he, I'm glad so, he did not make that movie. That's a bad so movie. Well, now, <laughs> yeah, it turns out, it turns out it wasn't, the government wasn't actually doing it. There was just rumors about it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Right. And then, and, 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 but he, he was so against it that he was yeah. like, I have to make my stance about this and just hang the character. I would, I would have, I would have been very angry at, them, at this, at yeah. this really? movie if they did that. Yeah, I think that would have been. It cheap. wouldn't be what it yeah. is. I mean, of course, yeah, it's yeah. Tra- yeah. now it is transcendent. Yeah. That would have been like a cheap, cheap gag, in my opinion. I, mean, I would, which say is like, weird to say that hanging the character and killing him at the end would have been a cheap gag compared to yeah, the it, happy ending that he lives happily oh, ever yeah. after. Oh, he just had twins and yeah. he's like a yeah, exactly. Right? That sounds like a total individual. Hollywood bullshit yeah. ending. But, there were but no somehow that's better. That's the real Like that's everything the, that he really did, ending. you know, from stealing on, the consequences, he got a pass. You know, I don't a, know. He got raped in jail. Yeah, but that's... It, no he he got free food. He'd go to a place. <laughs> he would go to places and people would understand. He's got a, he's got a roof over his head. What's but the, about? He would go right. to places. That's what I think about women. when I go to jail. Is yeah. I get free food. But free food, things, bagpipes. What about rape. the murder of his, his mother and father? Yeah. Mm. Right? I mean, right, right, we never really – that – and then he gets out and he faces this kind of artificial danger. Then people – all these women sleep with him for different reasons of, of the plot point. But right. the point is there were a lot of loose ends in terms of like what happened. Like what happened when that cop punched them? Right. I mean a cop punched yeah. – so that reality of it is once you see stuff like he's screaming at the cop and the cop punches him. Right. Um and then the woman takes off or like he's eating free food or there was all these things that didn't have a, a full circle right. where he's wandering that I just kind of accepted it as part of. Yeah, it's like but was, that at the end, though. So if you hung him at the end, my point is mm-hmm. you didn't see him face to be hung for what he did. I didn't feel the severity of him killing his parents right. or his mother. To me, it was part of. 
his cycle it, rather than it was like this incredibly violent. I thought act. it was very. There were there were consequences, but they weren't what we think of as real world consequences. Real world consequences. Yeah. So, so like, hang, like, well, my point is to ha- pardon me yeah. to hang him at the end would been like what the fuck? I mean, yeah, this isn't that world. It yeah. isn't that yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the way you. I view. And, and and I I totally agree. And I think that the the real the real transgression for me and the idea of hanging him at the end is that that makes it about the filmmaker as opposed to what actually happened. Is oh I get this it. movie oh, that's is a good about point. yeah like yeah. this this movie is about the person that watches the movie. Yeah, <laughs> this, now, that's what the movie. If is for. they yeah. ended it and he's on a yacht in Lake Como, and it was like, wait a minute, and he's like, <laughs> no, I'll take another Campari and soda, please. Yeah. And whose room do I bill it to? Nobody yeah. calls pop. back like Martini Giant. Room it to pop bill. Yeah. <laughs> room it to like, pop. So the the interesting thing of like the, what the idea of consequences are in this film, though, mm-hmm. like so you have this uh, the, the two major ones that I can call out would be. When he tries to go back home because he decides the world's a oh, bad yeah, place. Right. Right. And then there's just the two outlines that were his parents, which yeah. were very comical, yeah. the outlines. Yeah. Yeah. But it's but, stage. It's a stage yeah, exactly. It's a yeah, stage it's, you're going back to theater when you go there. Right. And right. he tried to yeah, enter like a, back a into the like world a, yeah. of theater. Right. And – well, there no was one like was there some, well, he was, was alone. The, it was at the and, moment where he was the most lost in the real world, right? Right. So his only the only thing he knew how to do is like maybe I can go back home, and then right. that's when he realizes home is there's no going there's back. no, there's no, no going, back. going back. Yeah, and, and and I and I loved that moment. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really powerful. Well, it was and really like, strange. Also, like just so people realize, he murders his parents. He he doesn't necessarily realizes it. that they're dead they're yeah. just stopped moving like his cat yeah right right and so he lives with the dead bodies for several days yeah yeah and cuddles with his dead mom and yeah. does stuff and it's kind of weird yeah and it <laughs> takes kind of weird it weird. takes it takes him a few moments to realize that he has to go outside right which he's been told all of his life yeah, that he can do never that. do, right? But he doesn't need food first. He needs sex first. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so, well, yeah, and I do think like the, the initial thing you see essentially is is like you get uh, music, sex, and food like within about a minute, <laughs> like right, right after that one after he leaves. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like music, like, food, and sex. Music, food, and sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I also thought was strange. Like they, he goes he goes into this – it looks like a like a shipping yard or something like that, right? Yeah. And he sees the, 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 the Salvation Army singing to no one. Yeah. This is very abstract. Right. So there's yeah. like 12 – you know, maybe like eight people singing, yeah. singing a, as a ball. choir. Right. And he's and they're just singing out to no one in the middle of the night, and he's looking at them, like uh, because I can imagine. Yeah, it's like oh, of course he's looking at them. It's like this is weird to hear singing. He's never he's probably never heard music in his life. Right. Yeah, right. He's doing that, and then they all end up in a fucking pizza place, and then they're taking money out of the donations to buy pizza. I'm like, that is wrong. That is money <laughs> that should be going towards the people. You shouldn't be using that for pizza. Um, uh, but yes, and then he tastes pizza for the first time because all we knew he ate was like bread, sugar, and milk. That's right. all he ate, right? right, right. Um, now it's bread, sugar, milk, and pepperoni. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that this was a sort of a this is a spectacular choice, and um, and it uh, is a yeah. like I, I'm I you know it's like I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that I, I don't get to see movies that. Uh, like I, I'm very Did emotionally you? affected by movies, but I mean, yeah. like I don't get to see movies that scare me very much anymore because I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah, you know, I, I don't get to see movies that upset me very much because I've seen a lot of movies. Yep. And uh, and this one, like, oh, when when I realized that 
I was both emotionally engaged and the movie would still fuck with me. I was both scared and amazed. You know what I also (laughs) appreciate about it is that I needed to talk about this movie Mm -hmm. because, um, have, you know, before I started talking to you guys about it, I was, I was saying it's like, this is probably one of the most disturbing movies I've seen, mm-hmm. honestly speaking. And I've seen a lot of disturbing yeah, movies. Top yeah. five. <laughs> one of the most disturbing ones. Right. And so without having told, seen, known anyone who's seen this movie, I was like having a hard time. And then it wasn't until I started talking about with you guys where I can sort of purge that emotion right. that I start to realize how good this movie is because there is some beautiful, beautiful moments about it. All of that stuff was in me. It was, I want to also say another thing. I Friday before I saw the movie, uh, Friday uh, X Ray uh, got in touch with me. Mm-hmm. You guys know X Ray well, from the Zardoz know, episode for people that Zardoz episode, right? He got in touch with me because he invited me out to lunch to go to uh, Magic Castle, which is cool because he's a member of Magic um, Castle. I've always wanted nice. to go. I have a friend who's a member there too. Yeah. Is, it, is it great? It's a lot of fun. So we yeah. did the lunch uh, thing, which is much smaller sure. deal. Uh, but he's a member and he's like, oh, let's just go to lunch because it was Friday and it was bef- you know right after New Year's. So no, nothing was going on in L.A. Yeah. And it was the last moment we could sort of do something fun. Um, so it's, it's small. There's only one room that did magic. Just, but just, ugh, the, the, the whole place is like a, cool. like a TARDIS. Like you go into one and you'd like – it just keeps going and going and going. Right. Like he took me to all the – because he actually has a magician's membership there. So he, oh, cool. So he c- can go to – Places that, yeah, don't know about. Neat. But really cool. But I mentioned to him that I was going to watch, uh, I have to watch Bad Boy Bubby and that you were going to be on. And he goes, that was one of my suggestions. I was like, was it? And he, wow, and, and he, and he, and I, and I, and I, you know, too. No, no, no. no and, he, and I said, really? Film. And he goes, I bet you, Chris, go back to my original email because I knew, I, I mean, I put Zardoz <laughs> down. He put, what was the other movie he put down? It was another one. And he says, I bet you I put down uh, uh, Bad Boy Bubby because that was one of my movies. I, so wow. I, it, it shows like how my brain thinks. I literally only remember Zardoz. I was like, Zardoz, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the word and I just like emailing back. What was the other one that I had recommended? Was it um, Tattoo of the Iron Man or was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, uh, there was, was another that. one. Was there was something I'll else. I'll have to look up the yeah. emails. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, and this, uh, yeah. That, that's an interesting – yeah. I don't know if I could watch this back-to-back with my head exploding, but yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's I wouldn't say one. it's as challenging yeah. as this, but it's a yeah. great film. Well, it's it's not as um, emotionally challenging. Like no. it's, a, it's a really – like Tetsu is very – it's very graphic and very strange and very crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's ultimately – I hate this – it's ultimately a fun movie to watch. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And like the. Can't say that about Bad You cannot Boy say that about Bad Boy Bubby. That is not. It is not fun. Um, but like it's the. Like, cause there are plenty of filmmakers. Like, I, I do love. Um, like, I do love. Like, I think Henneke is a very good filmmaker. And I think that, uh, uh, like, Lars von Trier is, a, is an excellent filmmaker. Uh, those guys are technically. Uh, and Gaspar Noe. Like, uh, like, all these guys are like like a thousand times more technically complicated than this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, even though I love their movies, they rarely reach the lack of uh, self-consciousness that this movie has. Yeah. And that's what really makes this work. Cause the rest of this, like I, you know, I think Von Trier is amazing, um, but he is, he's, he's constantly in the movie with you and sort yeah. of, 
congratulating himself on his own skills and the skills are amazing you know yeah. and like this movie is almost entirely absent the yeah. the director himself and I'm, i was really really stunned by it that. really loses that kind of self-aware quality that so many films have mm-hmm. is that you because know? they use so many dps <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it hurt it doesn't right. hurt at all you know it makes you so distant from it it's just yeah. like whatever yeah. dude you yeah. just run with it yeah there, you know the, the the interesting thing too with kind of some of the history of this film you have so so Rolf had made four films before this, mm. and the first one was lower budget than this, but the other three actually had a higher budget than this film, mm. and his one right before this had actually quite a bit of a higher budget than this film, and he found it so frustrating sure, that, interesting. that he yeah. was he was basically trying to decide whether he was still going to make movies right and he, this had been something he had developed in college. Yeah, he'd been writing it on cards for yeah. years. For basically for his best friend to perform in it. Right. And who was a theater actor. And there you go. Like it all kind of comes comes you, together. The, the the main actor reminds me of a lot of the same that same time frame of Hugo Weaving. Oh, yeah. The, uh, in Australia, they call him the poor man's Hugo Weaving. I'm dead <laughs> serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Which is a shame because yeah. I think he's a he's good phenomenal yeah. actor. Um, he's very good. Um, but basically, Rolf had finished this over that course of time and kind of come back to it and finally wrote something and was like, I'm just going to write it exactly the way that I want. And if somebody wants to fund it, great. If not, I guess I'm done making movies. Wow. And, wow. Nice. And he sent off a half a script and immediately got interest for funding and then called his buddy up and sent him the half. And he was like, this is so much more fucked up than we had uh, talked about man. making oh, yeah. that I don't think I'm able to go that dark. Wow. And, wow. and so Rolf then was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to get to make this movie. Right. And he had remembered seeing Hugo or Hugo. <laughs> he had remembered seeing Nicholas Hope in something um, in, in a film festival before um, something confessions. I always forget what it's called, um, which is an amazing film as well. Um, and um, he reached out to him on a, like just a whim hoping that he might be able to get a hold of him. He ended up getting a hold of him immediately, hmm. got him to come over to his studio, read the, the first half of the script. And he was like, I'm in. I'm in. So yep. he was able to get the rest of it done no, based off of that. Really, I, I yeah. can't, I can't imagine that this movie could like, there's no way you could improve this movie with money at all. Like, it's totally no, impossible. it's not what you would do. Yeah. Opposite, there's, opposite. there's one, I have the one thing I haven't brought up in, in one moment where, cause I, I do want to say like, you know, kind of talking about like the conversation we have with the music and things like that. There's one very polished moment in this movie that I actually quite love. It's when he's on stage and he's singing and then everything drops off and it's that long push in on his face. Yeah, yeah. And, the and they keep changing, changing the yeah. lighting yeah. and he on looks like someone yeah, different on every yeah. single one of those. Great. And it's kind of like it, there's those few moments like that, like when he's cradling her, like the birth moment where you're like, okay, this is a fucking filmmaker. He's yeah, like, like, sure. like, you, you, but that you, stage stuff there. Also, it looked like the birthday party, which is Nick's first band uh, right. in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah but that's, that's the thing is like, because we talk about it uh, as we are all visual effects oriented people here. Like the, uh, the people will complain about, uh, 
bad CG or whatever it is. Just like, yeah. oh man, CG just ruins everything because they don't realize how much fucking CG they see. Like, oh, they have no idea. They have no idea <laughs> yeah. how much they fucking see. And, uh, and the, uh, and, and to crosscut with the magician conversation, like the basic idea of being a movie maker is to, uh, deliver the magic show that anyone realizing that you're a magician. Like, yeah. and like this is the, uh, like when you don't notice, even when it's really like a showy, like then you're making something truly great because yeah. like you, you like you, that shot you know when he's on stage and the, they're changing the light and all this stuff like you're not stepping back and appreciating the staging of the shot yeah like you're in it yeah yeah and like it's it is a represent what is happening is a representation of your emotions that you are feeling yeah and it's playing back and forth with that yeah and like when you are like because like it's you know it's great when you see like a great shot in a movie and you go oh my god what's a great shot it's great for that shot it's shitty for the movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you need to be in the movie all yeah. the time. And this yeah. movie 100% delivers that 100%. And, and that shot in particular, like I didn't realize it the first time it like really stuck out for me. I was just like, oh, I'm getting to see all of the faces of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize like until pretty recently that it's actually what we're seeing is the coalescing of all of that into him finally being one. One person. And yeah, exactly. And fucking hell. Yeah, if that's great. not just. All these, every, every angle, every angle of light represents a different vision of Bubby. Yeah. And then finally it becomes the real deal. Yeah. At, at, which is the journey of the movie in yeah. a single shot. It's fucking yeah. great. It's great. Huh. So maybe he used, I'm going back to this. And I, and I know you just said that. I just wanted to sum, sum it up. For the <laughs> end shot. If you, you shot it there linear. There is a key DP, by the yeah, way. Yeah. So, so the key there DP. Is one. Yeah. Maybe at the yeah, end, Ian Jones. Because yeah. no matter how fragmented it is in the beginning, it as long as it comes together right. at the end, we'll get that moment with him, yeah. and it's fine. I'm okay with that as long as we don't use Fuji. Big problem. Big problem. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. But don't you get my point. I, I'd I, be shocked if that shot wasn't his guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, wasn't, that, that was yeah, like wasn't yeah. his guy. Yeah. yeah like, no, but I'm saying you're yeah. talking about importance you're talking of that. about the pulse? So maybe – No, no, no I, the, the stage shot. What Stay I'm shot, saying, yeah. I was trying to just get into the mind of, of the director in a sense of like, when I, we were talking about earlier, like how to corral all these fucking guys shooting mm-hmm. for you. It's, it's like having, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G team of camera team. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how do you control that? Yeah. But as long as he knows it's coming to a point this way, and that's a mature director right. yeah. to right. say, it doesn't matter, you know, get this. Because there's some shots when those old ladies or ladies are kicking him in slow motion. You know, it's just like, quick, we need something slow, quick. Right. Yeah. And it was so, that's why it makes sense to me that they used all these different DPs. Yeah. But then what I was asking, He's like, wouldn't you be nervous, like not having your, vi- you know, this? It doesn't matter as long as at the end. Yeah, well, I think I think yeah. you're right because like really, it shows like it. Tr- there's so he has so much trust for everyone who's because making- it's all about the actor. Exactly. As long as oh, he can, all yeah, and as long as yeah. he knows he can pull it through, it doesn't fucking matter who's holding the camera. Yeah. Let that come together because I know at the point yeah. we'll work it out to yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah it's now really he's fun. also done a lot of shooting on location with like Aboriginal peoples and things like that right. and oh, other films okay. and stuff. So like he's that. a documentary it, filmmaker. He well, most of those are actually narrative stories told, mm-hmm. and he uses them. So wow. yeah, you should Kinda really like watch the, some of his other films. By the way, like the way he used none of them are challenging the way this is but he he's a good filmmaker yeah i've, I've um, never and, ever heard of this guy. yeah and um he i think with this when we talk about all these different dps and things like that you know because he had shot before and he had been very scrappy with with some previous projects mm-hmm. 
even though he had different DPs, I'm betting you he's right fucking there with them, controlling the scenario. Oh, yeah. sure, Probably sure. had a very limited set of lenses they were even yeah. allowed to use, like right. those kinds of things. You know what I mean? So I, I think a lot of that happened. But there there was a couple of key moments, like especially in the beginning of the film, where they use those like crazy distorted wide angle lenses, yeah. and he's like his face is like yeah, kind of like sneering and like <laughs> yeah, and, and and like. Right. I love that. Yeah, you know? it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. beautiful. Well, I mean, this is sort of like it's like how Jackson shot Lord of the Rings, right? He had like there's like seven directors on those movies. Yeah, like he's just like, okay, I need you to go make some movies. That, that, that make- that, but that's like a huge like Panzer division rolling through, yeah, like absolutely. organized yeah, right. machine. Yeah, you know, like, what yeah, I mean? yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the opposite yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is not even a single Panzer. Yeah, this is it. But yeah, like that. I, I'm this really is the Polish army. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, man. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, but yeah, they. I, I was really, I was really taken aback by, uh, uh, like. This this felt like like it had the same effect on me as uh, what is the other film that we had here? Zardoz. No. Uh, Wake and Fright. No. Uh, the it's Irish and oh the, uh, local uh, hero. Uh, uh, local no, hero. No, it is uh, the, the the Irish vet, film. The vet comes home. Uh, maybe it's no, it's not Irish. Just uh, different English. podcast. Um, nope. Uh, the vet comes home. He has his. Bro- he's going to avenge his brother's death. Uh, oh, oh, dead man's shoes. Dead man's shoes. Yeah, like this. This had the same sort of effect. When you on said me. vet, I was like, "Is a vet, vet. veterinarian? Veterinarian? <laughs> no. When the veterinarian comes home oh, to avenge yeah. his brother's pets. dead man's shoes. Yeah, yes. like it had much the same effect. There is. You're right. right. Dead man's shoes. Yeah, like that. Where you like for a while you don't. We should know. ask Neil if he's seen this movie. Yes. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Because I think Neil Neil would probably like this movie. I he think would dig he would. It. Hello, Neil. Where are you? Yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> Although I would have to tell Neil, someone who is like a hardcore animal rights person, oh, he's going to have a hard yeah, time. He's going to have a tough time for that one. Yeah, he's going to have a hard, true. hard time. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird crossover between our Wake and Fred episode, our, our Dead Man's Shoes episode, yeah, uh, and the, and this, like, and uh, our uh, being there episode. And uh, I'm even going to go say uh, uh, our Chateau episode. Yes, it has some chateauness. It's got Chateau. Yeah, Chateau. Being there, dead man's shoes, wake and fright. With a touch yeah. of Titanic. It's with a, yeah, <laughs> just a little, little dash of Titanic. J- just them in the, in the, uh, on the table was Titanic. Yeah, that's true, of course. So, like, if they just had the sweaty hand on the glass, then that would have been oh, perfect. Do you like the way I put you seen... in the back of that car? Huh? Uh, that was yeah, these, yeah. If, if people who are listening have not looked at Eric's gallery like, for Titanic, didn't like that one, did you? it's one of the I, best ones I I've ever seen. I loved, I loved. You made uh, it look like you had it, like yours. Yeah. It, did, uh, it didn't look like I was getting busted so much. I was like, "Where is that?" Like, I, like I should have looked a little bit more like covering my genitals. I I'm not well, willing to continue there. that uh, <laughs> angle, but I appreciate what you're saying. But uh, the, 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 the 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 for those of you guys who are listening, we're talking about Eric's doctored photos of us on the Titanic. Yes, if you go to the gallery page on the site, you'll see an amazing you, group. Uh, yes, is this happening for this film? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. really hard to do. So what I did is mostly band stuff, and we'll do it after. Yeah, okay. As opposed yeah, to I don't want to do uh, anything for the opening. Of, and then the picture of him sleeping with his mom. Your head will go on the mom. Oh, oh great! But <laughs> other than no, that, it's fine. It, it, yeah, no. I mean, you guys can saran wrap me if you want. <laughs> I'm gonna, ready I was to go. Say this, we should all get saran wrap. You do have some saran wrap. No, I'm going to have you guys on that car going. You know those bullies? Yeah, I get that. And then yeah, the way you poofed up. And then the band. The band stuff and uh, i want to play bass that's all i gotta ask all right, fair I, actually, I, can play bass. I, I was gonna have you do bass you look <sighs> like the bass guy yes yes uh, did you know it's been my weird like i 
I've always wanted to be a bass player. Really? Like, there's a weird feeling to me that I've always wanted to be a bass player. You can fix that problem. I know. There are bases. (laughs) There are bases to be learned. But right now, I'm focusing on on fly fishing. It's interesting. The guys that I've known who are really um, mathematically proficient are bassists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, a guy I know, uh, he's at Pixar now, but we worked on Sky Captain together, but I knew him before. And he was a mathematician. And then he became a bass session player, and then he came out and did. Do you remember effects. Chris House from from DD? Oh yeah, I hope so, I, I think Chris may listen to this podcast. He, he, yeah, he's great. He puts a lot of hilarious uh, cartoons on Facebook about music, and it was this, it was a, a video or was a picture of a of a of a guy with like his uh, his his two fingers on his right hand. It had two little weights on it, and he goes working out before my bass set. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> nice, Chris. Hello, if you uh, listen yeah. to this, uh, very good friend. I can see you with an upright bass. An upright bass? Yeah, just Ooh. sitting there. Doo, 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 you know? Wow, no, that's like the people just at home, you know, hanging out. <laughs> uh, Justin, a question yeah. for you. Have you seen uh, the movie Dead Man's Shoes? No. Okay, that is Sorry. our recommendation to you. We were just okay. talking about yeah. that. Yeah. That uh, uh, we had another um, podcast about. Yeah, and uh, another director on talking about a a similarly flavored experience. Can very personal your, experience. Uh, very. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it is uh, pick? called oh. Dead Man's Shoes. Okay. And it is not nearly as um, is in. It's not quite as intense. It's pretty intense. But it's pretty no, intense. It's, but it, it, it it's, is intense. it's a cool little film. It's a, it's kind of like a get cartery type of film. Yeah. Who directed it? <sighs> the name yeah, is a tough mind. one. Dude. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. But it's, it's uh, English. It's, it's like English. Definitely, definitely worth uh, early, checking out. Yeah, and it's uh, it has the, it has 90s? the same quality of like early two thousands. You don't know early two thousands. I think uh, you don't know going into it what you're going to get. Yeah, and uh, cool. yeah, it's very, it's very, very. It effective. takes you down a journey, and you start to realize a lot of things that are yeah. going on. Ultimately, a very, very powerful movie. That's there, one of the things that a, I like the most about this movie. Isn't that it's challenging? It's that you, it's unexpected. It's totally unexpected. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah and, I completely and agree. I, I mean, I honestly can't handle too many more movies like Bad Boy Bubby <laughs> in my like top I, five list. I, you know, like it's just <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. That's but, the thing, dude. It's like everything yeah. else. It's like yeah, it's like what I was saying with the Haneke. It's just like I go into those movies. I go in to see like a Gaspar Noe movie, and I'm just like. You know, I'm a little yeah. girded. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. I know. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be intense. Yeah, and uh, all in quotes. And uh, and like, I enjoy it. You know, yeah. I'm just like, this is really this. But this thing, I was like, completely so, off guard. So they do have like, just to talk technically for a second. Like, I know we're kind of shifting a little bit away from the film, but tough. Uh, no, no, no. I I didn't know if we were like done. This with is actually the a film, remarkably so, like, focused uh, um, discussion, by the way. Okay, we've actually stayed well, on topic for way long. I've only yeah. actually only listened to the Titanic one before, and you guys stayed on like the whole time. So it was that's like, unusual. Good. That's yeah. very. I think um, we we had built up yeah. that for a year, so yeah. it was a lot of pent up <laughs> pent up feeling. But um the the binaural part of it is really fascinating because that's kind of early days of kind of playing with a lot of binaural audio especially yeah. in, in mm-hmm. I mean you know yeah, it, science those... wise they had been dealing with it for a little while but to actually try to pull it off on a that's set crazy. Yeah, and that's a, like a tiny hard. micro but I mean it was a $750,000 movie and to be going oh yeah we're going to shoot binaural the whole time is like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about like <laughs> and, then, and then to build it into his fucking yeah. wig yeah. like yeah. and as a VR director yeah. you've seen those German ears or that company that makes the ears yep. that, that's what, so what strange what is this what is the microphones but they're 
their their ear shape because that's the, what yeah. binaural audio. Yes, I know, but I'm saying they're actual rubber ears on the outside. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're from actual um, castings. Uh, yeah, they do castings and then they they make these prints. Just so so they, people understand the way your ears work, right? Your ears have the weird shape that they do to bounce sound around in different ways. It changes so, the pitch of so, the sense level. So it changes the pitch and stuff like that. So what happens is because of that. If you if you only basically had holes in your ears like a gecko or whatever, and then you would only hear sound from left and right, not up and down, not up and down or a lot back and front, right? Back and front and up and down comes from the shape of your ears, and that's what yep. basically gives you surround sound. Right. Yep. And uh, you can if you recorded something in a microphone that had that same. Sh- shape of your ear your actual ear and you put headphones on and then listen to it because it's a basically a change in pitch mm-hmm. you would be able to interpret front back left and front just as well it yeah, in basi- fact you're better off using earbuds than you are headphones right yeah i didn't know that uh, yeah well, yeah because, because earbuds go directly into yeah, your ear your- and basically your 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 ear is virtualized through the microphone. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. because the, the, if you wear headphones, then it's bouncing around within the headphones and your ear. And then correct, your ear. you're doubling correct. up. You're yeah. doubling your ear. Correct. There right. is a a, um, a new thing from Roland. It just came out like a month ago, but it's I've never seen it before. But it's brand new. It's a it, there are headphones, but with amp in it. So when you play guitar, mm-hmm. but it's based on your movement. So you can program it so it's behind you. Oh, and so wow. when you're playing, it's like the amps in the corner of the room. Oh, that's oh, wild. I need to get these, hey, man. I, wa- I play daily, so like I'm yeah, like, it's, yeah. They're the Wazas. They're three ninety five, okay. and I'll send you a link. Just W A Z A Roland, and when yeah. you turn, it that's it's, like so a, you can. It's not like a Kemper. Sure. So you're gonna, but you're gonna have like twelve models. So I play, yeah. but you, you can do the heavy shit if you want. I like. You know, Fender amps and Fender guitars. It takes one look at me, and he's like, "Oh, you could do the heavy shit if you." No, want. I have a feeling. Here's, here's the fucking deal. You seem like you're into you. Marshalls, right? You play Marshall uh, stacks. No, Marshalls. Okay, I'm wrong. I just you seem like a Marshall guy. I, I'm, I'm not a Marshall guy. What are you? I'm a Mesa guy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I like Mesa's. So even harder. No, <laughs> so that's, no, no, no Joe I'm, Walsh was Mesa. I'm fucking straight metal, dude. So oh, that's yeah, fine. I know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Joe Walsh, you know, played Mesa's for a lot of time. I like, yeah. you know, I love like the 65 Princeton Reverb. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of sound yeah. and the birds and the yeah. the whole thing. And I like that kind of country-ish kind of yeah. rock, Keith stuff. Point is, this thing is amazing. And there's on YouTube, W-A-Z-A. And literally when you turn... And you can make it so it's staged, so you have a, a rack behind so you. This is nice. And if you're standing there, and when you turn, it's you're, you're diff- it's hard to say unless you play yeah. in front of an amp. Yeah. And it's absolutely crazy. It's spatialized. It's yeah. spatialized. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like the that, size like, of this, dude. You can have AR, an AR experience that's completely oral, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Bose has been playing for a couple of years Their headphones, their head. Okay, so I don't know if, like, through like my my Razer laptop or whatever game laptops out there, they have like fake five point one surround sound, even though you're using your headphones. And what they do is they basically mimic binaural sound right. through the headphones to make it feel like it's front back. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and even that is like we it's use we use binaural good. in a really inaccurate Loose, way for the right. most part. Not not in this conversation, but just all of us do. Right. Um, realistically, that's just spatialized audio. Right. Um, binaural is actually getting specifically into the way the human ear works. works yeah. um, now, that said, when they did Bad Boy Bubby, they even admit, like, 
you know, at the time they thought they were doing binaural, they realized it was what's called quasi binaural, where you do attach it to a human head, but it doesn't have the shape of the ears. That's right. right. Because and they did try to do it, and but they realized the hair, you could see it through. Yeah. The, if it's in the right. hair too, yeah. the hair is probably right. there. It's there, like a dead cat. Was oh, oh, hey, there's oh another technical God. question. Wait a minute. Oh, I can't hear. I actually did just so people – If I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or something like that. If you just want to know more about this whole real binaural, real binaural stuff, yeah. there, was a, there was an audio clip that someone had which was amazing. And what you usually do is you close your eyes and you just put on your earbuds would be the best, as you mentioned, and listen to it. And really what it is, it, it was the sound – the one I heard was a sound of a match – Going whoosh, like right. this, and then what they you had earbuds on, and then they would basically make it go in front of you, behind you, and in front of you, and you really felt the sound That's go nuts. behind yeah. you, right. even though you're listening to stereo, yeah. which is re- you knew the difference between front and back, right? From the sound only. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Right. Um, but. One of the things that they've they have done is they have done a few special showings where you're watching it on a big screen, and they give everyone headphones, oh, and wow. you get yeah. to experience it the way they had hoped everyone would experience right. That's it. That's cool. Um, and because of the way that it was kind of quasi binaural and things like that, and this tech has changed a lot over the last few years. It's actually mm-hmm. made me, it's made me think a lot about reaching out to this guy and being like, yeah, let's remaster let's, it. let's remaster this with like. Some of my friends, you know, let's right. let's like do this the way that it could be done. I would now. do well, it sooner a, rather than later. I, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, this is definitely something that should that's be a seen. great idea. Uh, like I, I would love to hear. I would love to see this in the, in the proper environment. That'd be really I awesome. wonder if you could, if you could synthesize binaural. I don't see why you couldn't, right? Yeah, you like, could. yeah. There must be some way to to uh, like to like if if you if it's just about pitch control for. You know various various kinds of sounds right. coming in. You should be able to automate that. But it can't be any worse than 3D sense. conversion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so I guess what you would have to do is you would basically have to take the stereo sound sound that you have, replicate it, rep, or and then and then and then use a program that would say, okay, you'd have to interpret just like like 3D conversion. What's in front? What's behind? Right. What's top and bottom? Right. And then make. A pro- write a program that will change the pitch or whatever it does right, yeah. to make so those subtly, spatial. Yeah. Right, right, spatial. Yeah. That I mean, essentially I, is going to be like 3D conversion, though, because you're never yeah. going to get it. Yeah, but I think you can do it much better with audio than you can. Like the whole. No, I'm saying, I, I was kind of trying to be cute. But, there's, but the point is to replicate when you d- replicate stuff, even with like a delay. There's always going to be a degradation of a signal, though, in the second one, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to duplicate that, is there any? There's also a, well, you, there's only know, a degradation you, of signal in analog delay, not digital. Not, not digital. You so the second one they do, and they, I'm sorry, offset it. It's not going to. You also gonna sense a millisecond distance between your two ears yep. yes so so and, and so that's also apply your ears your ears also the shape of them the size of your ears also enhances some of that right interesting yeah so you have those 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 slight pitch changes and everything else is because of that so like, of- when you're in front when you're in front it's a much more direct thing when you're in back there's a bouncing stuff that goes but think on. Think about that now. The, the Waza that I told you about. scattering and all the, kinds of stuff. The uh, Waza headphones, which is Roland. Yep. Think about now having that directional ability now, which you're in that. Imagine you're, if, if the music files were flack or like a larger size and they can have different you know, you're now listening to stuff like a Neil Young song, and it's like you can have surround in a way. Yeah, you're on stage with the band. Well, you have, I mean, there, there are already kind of 
setups for this. You know, you've got DTSX audio that does this already. Um, so it's just remastering it, you know, for, yes. for these things. Or uh, like Mach 1 audio would probably but be a really in your good headphones, choice for something so it, like this. You, but the WASA has something that is telling you for the directional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a, yeah I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's what I'm but saying. But it's like consumer it's having that. Yeah, it's an accelerometer a, and a gyroscope. That's something right like that, yeah. So because you could be like you could have you could be wearing earbuds and walk around your house and you could locate the band in your house and you could walk up to where the singer is singing and you could hear the singer singing directly in front of you more than anything else mm-hmm. and it would just be purely audio simulation of a 3d like room that would be totally wild i think it'd be amazing yeah. and like in in the way that like i would do I would, like if you went to like a coffee place that offer that <laughs> like yeah. i would just put in earbuds and walk yeah. into that as if a band is actually playing there like yeah. that would be amazing that'd be amazing to me that's certainly doable yeah. i mean right now you yeah. know mm-hmm. like you've got you know bose is playing around with their pure audio ar platform right, right now they've got that built into some glasses as well oh that's so um, wild yeah that's so. so wild now here's the immersion of that is so uh lush once you start getting into where what getting used to it like you know like same with the waza where you can directionality of the sound you start to get more immersed in that on consumer products you know people walking down the street or like right. ar mm-hmm. it's like you know grandma's gonna get a little more immersive and then hit by the midtown bus that's very true because there's so. a lot of like you get into it yeah, i mean it's it's sure. not such a straight shot it's really well this is and let me run this by this is what i would like to see uh i love the theater experience and I always want to see movies in theaters when I'm yeah. wherever I can but like I don't know why they don't essentially combo you know the old um, uh, drive-in movie thing where you tune your radio and you listen to the radio in your car like why doesn't just everyone fucking have earbuds in their ears when they see a movie and then you don't have to worry about anybody else being an asshole at all <laughs> <laughs> like just beam that to me i can control the volume and i don't have to hear anybody else and maybe i can be on the same channel with somebody else that i'm sitting next to and i could talk to them only like that's there like, like channel limitations or something along i don't know those lines you like can have a shit ton of, yeah you have a lot of people yeah. but when you have a lot of signals it's even like if you had a wireless pack for your like musical it's yeah. like you get too many signals oh yeah it's a problem it's a problem because yeah, there's right. a crossover right. and i'm also wondering legal like if it's too loud and you you and you hurt this person's ear yeah. they're going to sue you the right. theater yeah. meaning it's just it's so the the uh the opportunity to screw up either with a signal or something right. else or yeah. the ear I mean, damage because like i think that like i I would there's the two things I want. I would like this to be true, and I would like if you take your <laughs> cell phone out, it explodes. I think that those are the two things I'd want to be true in a theater. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask you a serious yeah. question. Yeah. When you go to the theater, what is your favorite seat to sit in? Uh, is it front, center, middle, side? It is just behind center. In the middle. In the middle. Back middle. Amazing. Um, depending on the size of the screen, about four to five rows back and about center. Uh, no, uh, about three to four seats from the end. I regularly have to go pee. So. <laughs> I'm always yeah. I'm the aisle seat I, yeah. in case I have to pee or there's a fire. Yeah, so I'm the always at the seat. front. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, on the, on the far worst. right yeah. or the far left. Yeah, the aisle seat just gets me because of the curvature of the screens these days. So it starts wild. to skew too much, yeah. so it bugs me. But like, but otherwise, I would be same as you. If it's a flat screen, I'll be on the edge. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. The edge is better. I, I went. I went, took my kids to see uh, Moana, and uh, it was the uh, the ultimate right lower seat. That was the one I got because I went like that was just like 
ticket fiasco, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And I literally had to close my eyes because the movie was just like it was like watching it being projected on a bowl. <laughs> it's like this is the worst thing I've ever ever had. And like kids loved it; and they were totally into it. I was like, I'm getting motion sick from just like the lava scenes. But yeah, no, I like I I think that the there's I ended something. up seeing the cell at some point. And we got into the movie theater really late, and we ended up in the fucking front row. Oh my oh, god! You see the horse split apart. Yeah, oh my god! And I was stoned yeah. out of my mind. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Here comes Vincent D'Onofrio. You don't know what to do. And Vince Vaughn. Like, what the hell is? What kind of movie puts Vincent D'Onofrio and Vince Vaughn together in the same picture? That doesn't make any sense to me. But so, can we ask you what are your favorite movies surrounding? So people can get a context of what this recommendation is um <laughs> oh man uh it's Titanic? actually a pretty disparate like set of films mm-hmm. um tetsuo the iron man is definitely yeah, one of the other ones that you can watch one. that on youtube by the way yeah yep yeah it's right up on youtube um then we've got uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah oh, that's just and and it, uh, there's probably not another film that's kind of even in that vein that taps that for me yeah. but it's just such a Beautiful. That's yeah. a, every, that yeah. movie gets deeper and better every time I see it. Yeah, and uh, the transitions in that film are ridiculous. Yeah. I love that. Uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Like you know that it's kind of to me like I feel like transitions are are becoming a bit of a lost art. Maybe shy of Sherlock. <laughs> oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. But but that's something that they all serve a purpose in that film, even mm-hmm. though they're completely crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Just love like, it. I love. Yeah, I, I love when the shot that I love in that movie is when she is. When they're under the covers, and she is, they're sucked away from each other. Yeah. I was just like, I remember yeah. in the theater going, I was like, both thrilled and depressed at the same time. I was like, that is something I can never think of now. Yeah, <laughs> like nice. that is a, such a brilliant move, and it's there. It is forever. The it's other, forever I there. think the one after she was the really good in Titanic asleep. too. It? She was What's really that? good. Gondry's <laughs> Science Asleep. Science Asleep was good. That's I, like what, that I love yeah. that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, Gondry's good. Gondry's yeah, Charlotte Gonsberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Gondry is definitely up there, but I think the Eternal Sunshine is like it's like yeah. miles above almost all other filmmakers. It's one of the great films. It's then uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, love my westerns. Absolutely, uh, you and me both. Yeah. You're gonna have to come yeah. back on. and We'll do a all western. Right. Once all upon right. a time in the West. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Do you know what's your um, what's your western? Fistful of dollars. Fistful of dollars. Now, are you like do you are, do you stick to the, more. the spaghetti zone or do you uh, are you into the old school and the new school? Um, I, I didn't want to, but I was just enthralled with the remake of 310 to Yuma. Wasn't it great? That's a great I, I wanted to hate movie. on it because uh, I love the original it's and it was just like, but holy fuck. Yeah, it's great. And Ben Foster's just a motherfucking powerhouse. He's, he's fucking incredible. Yeah, that, dude, if I ever like, got the opportunity to work with that guy, I would like fall over myself. Posse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to me, he's kind of the next generation's version of like a Gary Oldman. Absolutely. That's a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. Like, he, he, there's literally nothing he can't do. And if you think he's overacting, like you're like, oh shit, he's going to be overacting mm-hmm. in this. He just fucking makes it work. He does. Yeah. He, like that guy yeah. can tackle anything. I, yeah. I know it. I've been recommended. I have not seen his movie where he, home, he homeschools his, I think, daughter. And I then, haven't seen that. Oh, it's on Amazon. Yeah. I hear it's, uh, okay. I hear it's really, really great, but I haven't gotten, so I didn't, yeah. it was one of these things I was like, oh, I should see that. I should see that. And then my man was like, oh, you, that guy, you like Ben Foster's now. I was like, oh fuck. I got to yeah. put, let's see that immediately. Yeah. And yeah, no, 310 to Yuma is yeah. fucking spectacular, man. Incredible gunfight at the end of that yeah. movie too. And then right. American Mary is, um, I have not seen another favorite of mine. It's the Suska sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's technically a horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing commentary on 
everything from body dysmorphia. It's yeah. it's a it's a rape revenge film actually, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's uh, it starts the same. I wish I knew her name. It starts the same woman who started Ginger Snaps. Oh fuck and, yeah, Ginger uh, Snaps! Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, big and, werewolf fan. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, She's a, a med student, and she ends up getting. I saw that movie Ginger Snaps because of your recommendation. That's nice. a good what movie. Right? That is a good movie. You're, the movie yeah. you're talking about, American Mary. American um, Mary. Uh, yeah, she ends up uh, without ruining too much of it. She ends up getting, and this is like just the setup. She gets uh, raped by one of her professors, mm-hmm. and um, like drugged and raped, mm-hmm. and um, then she gets kind of uh, as she tries to deal with it, she ends up getting pushed out of med school and all this other stuff and she ends up making her way through the rest of her life um without ruining anything too much by uh providing the underground community with uh body modification oh wow um it is intense oh, it's wow. really really good have yeah. you read this is way way out of the discussion have you ever read a book called geek love no you might like that oh, book crap i can I get geek. a pencil again? <laughs> I just geek, need to keep one geek over. Geek Love by Catherine Catherine Dunn, I think her name okay. is. Yeah, I think you'd get a kick yeah. out of that one. That's a uh, very upsetting, Has very beautifully seen written. Uncut yet? I still have not seen Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. No, um, I'm dying to see this. It's one. funny because someone, like someone, on. uh, oh, one of our um, listeners, Colin, who comments on Facebook quite a bit, he was telling me he's like, oh yeah, I'm really curious because he did not like. Um, good, time. Good, good time, good time either. Yeah. And he goes, I didn't like good time either, but I'm really looking forward to Uncut Gem. I'm, I'm a, obviously a huge good time fan. And Safety uh, Brothers, yeah, there's got Safety. Yikes. That's some fun business. Uh, Safety Brothers. Like, there's, uh, gosh, there's like seven films I have yet to catch up on. From this you know, what? I'm loving the fact that I can just go on Amazon and I find it, finding stuff that I was like, huh, I never saw that. And it was like really cool. The Report is, a, is an amazing film. I got to check that out. Uh, Aeronauts is another one that was interesting. Oh, everyone told me it was good. It you know really what? Nice. I was like, well, listen, it's a very family kind of weird sure. film, yeah. whatever. But it's super high production value. Yeah. Frame Store did it. Like this is a movie. That looks great. Sure. This is a movie that would normally have been like one of the top summer movies that come out, you know, if it was 20 years ago. Yeah. But now and, many more people are actually going to see it because it's on Amazon. So, you know what's interesting? All right, let me tell you a little bit about this. Is I went I, I was at the I was in Vegas yesterday. CES? What is today? Today's Wednesday? The ninth? Today's right? Thursday. Thursday. Two, two, two days ago. Mm-hmm. So CES, I hate Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized that I knew it, but it was reaffirmed that I really hate Vegas. That movie, that town is built on greed and corruption. Wait, God, you sound Las like Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. You sound Hang like on. Pesci and Casino. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when you look around, you realize, hmm, if it wasn't for this town, Trump would never be the person he is and he would never been president. So this entire thing – was based on that. So that to me, when I'm sitting there and I look at the big golden Trump tower on, oh, the, on yeah, the strip yeah. and I'm like, Ugh, this city built that thing and created the situation we're in. So it just made me feel even worse. Not going to get down there too far. But uh, <laughs> but you're uh, filled with hate and bile. But I'm filled with hate and bile. <laughs> but, like like I, I have a little bit of throw up in my yeah, mouth the brimming. whole time. The whole time. <laughs> I understand. So, um, uh, so anyway – I'm I'm doing a a uh, a panel for SAG, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, and it was their their panel based on uh, uh, technology and innovation and how it affects 
the Screen Actors Guild that is a union. Right? Yes, that's right. Right? And yeah. so my expertise is coming in on the subject of digital humans and all of that, right? right. And right. so here as we do begin their talk, and it's very much like – I didn't quite click to me that this was going to be because I'm used to going to panels about digital humans, about other things, technology, mm-hmm. et cetera. This starts off like like a scene from, ironically, another movie that we were going to probably watch from The Irishman where they're talking about creating jobs, right. and protecting people's jobs and solidarity, solidarity and watching out for the little man right. and blah, blah, blah. And if and it was like all this, I was like. Oh, right. Yeah. This is a union. And then you get a call, Chris, I hear you paint houses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, so suddenly they're like, okay. Um, so they're doing this and they're talking about the conspiracy that is digital humans are going to take jobs away from people that are in their union. Right. Interesting point of view. Right. And I'm like, that's eh, not really going to happen just yet. Not for a while. Not in the way you think. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the same Two way. Years? Yeah. Two it's not years? really going to be I that have, way. I have a different opinion on this. But and I had. So do I. Right. Uh-huh. He's sugarcoating in Vegas. You like that? And so, <laughs> he was worried. Hey, you look good out there. Don't forget to tip your way. So they're all talking about like you know watching out for people and getting their jobs. And then one guy at the end of the panel and my thing starts talking about is like someone was telling me you know. If if uh, the the this digital humans are going to make life easier for the actors because pretty much you know what they could have been taken six weeks to do now they'll only need to do it for two weeks and we can get it done easier and that's four weeks of no pay for the actor because it's all going to be done by digital humans wait and I said and I, at which point <laughs> stop I stop right there and at which point I'm looking directly at the guy who is the like one of the heads of SAG and I'm looking is and creating hundreds of jobs for visual effects artists that would not have it because it wasn't that. And it's like, and those people will all get paid. And, and then I also did a thing is like, and by the way, none of those people have union representation and yeah, they all they could union. love union representation. And I went this whole Absolutely. thing like bam, 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 bam right. about union representation. It's like, oh, you want to, pro-. it's like you, you're sitting here trying to protect Brad Pitt's overpaid ass. Right. And I'm telling you that he's giving jobs to Absolutely a lot of people. True. So, And I also, I also want to, uh, not only do I agree with that, I, uh, I'd like to tag on to that. Like, uh, SAGs, uh, in my, and I'm, I know nothing about this. This is just my asshole opinion on this. Um, that SAGs job now is like what they're, what, what is being offered right now? Like, for instance, as a visual effects, like what I would like to have yeah. be true is like, I wish I got paid royalties of every time someone watched any art that I've done for a movie. Yeah, but they don't now, do that, that is, anymore. But now, now actors, do get that in commercials? Not right? anymore. Well, they did. They did get this for for commercials that you get you get paid like you do a national, yeah. and the national would air for you yeah. know, every time we got a, you get a hundred thousand dollars for doing a commercial. Yeah. This is the situation that licensing your image needs to be in, and I think it'd be a wonderful position to be an actor where you go in, you get scanned, and you show up in thirty five things and get paid by all of them. That would be pretty great. Right. And like, and that's not going to happen unless SAG fights for it. And like, this, it is the the image and the your sound and image are yours, and you should own them in perpetuity, and they should pass to your family after your death. Right. Because that's what's going to be happening is you're going to start saying like James Dean's going to be in a movie next year. James yeah. Dean's dead. If people don't know that, right. and everyone's very mad about this. I'm like, I like James Dean movies. I think he's a handsome. He's a handsome guy. And like, I know James Dean as well now as I did 
when I didn't know him before. And yeah. I'm happy to see a movie with James Dean in it, and I will take that as James Dean. Right. But the James the James Dean family should definitely be making James Dean dollars off of that James Dean. So I just this isn't exactly the same thing, but I want to bring it up because I think it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am consulting on a project that DD is doing with Time Magazine that oh, is um, – about the Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and there, there's been some news about that. Yeah, right? I can talk about it a little more yeah. than I could during that podcast. It was yeah. kind of funny. I had all these things that I could only like half <laughs> speak about. Um, Hendler's involved in that. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so, um, you know, they're making a digi double mm-hmm. of Martin Luther King, and mm-hmm. you're going to actually be able to experience him giving the speech. That's awesome. In, That's in incredible. Washington. Yeah. Um, now, that was all done through his family and his trust. And so, you know, there was conversation that had to take place there. I, mm-hmm. I was not a part of those, so I'm not going to speak to what, what exactly that means, but it was a very big part of the conversation was having their blessing and their permission. Right. And that's where this stuff gets really interesting when you have someone who's passed, you know, and it's one thing if it's an actor, it's another if it's so, like a public yeah, figure. So, right. so, so life yeah. rights issue. So, right. so there's a lot of that because the yeah. same thing was going on with Tupac, but people, I still, listen, I'm still debating about the whole Tupac thing. And then, the, then they were like, but Tupac was, okay, so Martin Luther King is about preserving history, right? Yeah. Tupac was about is kind of about history because it was really about uh, Snoop and Dre saying we want to go back on stage with our dead friend and mm. somehow create it. and it was a surprise to everyone at Coachella so it wasn't like they were selling extra tickets just to see just to see a hologram right. of Tupac right? right which is not really a hologram but uh, but then that turned into a business model based on what. John Texter was trying to do. He was like, well, why don't we just, you know, tour the country with Michael Jackson? It's like, because we can now make money off Michael Jackson, even though he's dead. Right? <laughs> sure. Right. right? And right. so the same thing with Elvis. And they were tra- basically trying to capitalize on Roy that. Roy Orbison, um, Frank Zappa. Right. So so they were yeah. trying to do all of that. And it was, oh, if Michael Jackson's family gives it the blessing, is that okay? Do I, do I, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like the, this. This is the big question that I think is, yeah. is, is coming. I'm down. not a performer, so I think it's like I could have an opinion on this, but I'm not sure how qualified if, it if is. If you, you know were the I mean? performer, you'd want the you'd want the choice to control that. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like that becoming as a performer part of your sign on with SAG of whether you ever want to allow it. Exactly. You know, and exactly. it's like personally, I'm really uncomfortable with the idea mm-hmm. of me performing in something after I'm dead. Right. You know, like, right. but Macaulay, somebody else might not be at all. Macaulay yeah, Culkin's they, family was not necessarily a very nice group of people, and capitalized on his, you know, celebrity when he was a child, and and fucked them up as a kid. Right. So if Macaulay Culkin dies, and they want to make a whole, you know, Home Alone, you know, four through seventeen. Right. Because like, say there's another element to that that's really weird to talk about, which is sealing the preservation of a child right like and then they grow up and you're like oh they were only really good when they were this you know like right. i only right. want Haley joel osmond from, <laughs> from right. i'm gonna be honest well, they, I, I want more Haley joel osmond now that i've seen him in two, surprise in two shows i'm well, like who, oh my god he's back who's, who's the <laughs> he's famous, really really awesome who's the famous uh, girl kid actor that was uh uh Black and white movies. Well, there was Judy Garland. There uh, was uh, Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Yeah, but before yeah. that, there was uh, Uncle Fester. Yes. And he was the first. 
He was the first kid actor. He was the first kid was actor. The first he kid was in The Kid with Charlie Chaplin in 1921. Right. Holy shit. His original home was actually down the street from where I live by in Larchmont, which is now CVS in Oxford. But it was the largest house ever owned by a kid. He was eight. He made $18 million, uh, That's a off pretty, the kid. Yeah. Wow. And it is- Which in today's dollars but, is, what's is his oh, geez, name? Bolivia. Right? Well, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. It's the, the law, is it? Reagan made the law in 69. It is the uh, what's the guy's name? It's the it's something law. That's his name. Right. Um, his mother and the stepfather took all the money, mm. and so he was penniless and broke. And he's in a a, a Robin Hood film in the 30s because right. he was friends with a lot of the actors. Mm-hmm. He was a child actor, so uh, it was <coughs> that is the yeah his uncle Fester was his last big role. Right, right, right. Um, but he was the big deal. He yeah, was, way, way back when. He was the when. biggest star, like, besides Chaplin. Right. Well, this is the thing. So, like, I think that because if – I guess my, my argument is that I I uh, I agree with you, Justin, that, like, if you don't want that to be true, you yeah. should have control over that. Yeah, And that right. should never expire. It shouldn't it be should like never a copyright right. expiry should never expire. or something like that. And, like, if I want that to be true, then I should be able to – and take make use of it, right? That that would be like if yeah. I if I think it's a good idea and I'm an actor, I'm like fuck yeah, let's do this. And it's my my image and my legacy. And I want to pass this on. So like the the thing is that if people um, don't do something about it now, then uh, there will be no deciding, and Disney will make the argument along the lines of, well, the character played by Macaulay Culkin is owned by us. And so the image of that character is ours and we can use, we can cast uh, the Home Alone kid in other movies. Sounds like the NFL approach. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah exactly. So I, I just want to say Jackie a couple of things uh, before we move on Coogan about, about the whole Coogan thing Law. with the, the sad guys, because uh, honestly, I didn't necessarily think, I didn't think they were being malicious against technology mm. in a lot of ways. I think they, they were there was a little bit na- naivete sure. about it because I don't think they they understand. They don't come from that point of view. Their 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 role has been to protect actors, right? right. Yeah. That's their that is the, that is their role, and it's very important. And actors are not the famous actors. They, anyone can you know who's sad. And and right? to, to augment what you're saying, like the the famous actors are actually because they are famous, help protect. The smaller actors, right? Like it's so, good. To, so, it's good to protect so, those rights. Absolutely. It so they protect everyone yeah. in that way. They didn't necessarily have any idea about the the fact that the visual effects industry has completely been fucked, uh, fucked yeah. uh, and that they're not union protected, and right. therefore, my question to the, well, actually, I did have a question. It's like. If in, in an industry where your profit margins are three percent, and basically a union tries to come in and try to make your life better, is it even possible? Because the if if your profit margin is only three percent, there's no way you can pay for your union dues. Union yeah, dues on top of that, that right. because you have no, right. then you have no you're you're you're, you're in the in the right. red immediately. So so there's no way to make an industry that works that way. Right. Well, uh, I think that's getting into what's the truth of that profit margin. You know, sure. That, right. sure. You know, mm. we. You know, it's like New Line trying not to pay Peter Jackson for. Yeah, for no, it didn't make any Rings, money. Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah, never it didn't even make anything. It. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it uh, miraculously these films never make any money, even when they make money. Yeah. And well, it's the visual effects industry 
does not make money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about that profit margin for VFX vendors, that's – That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. So if you're a VFX that, yeah. vendor, if let's say you're you know, a digital domain or whatever, and then yep. suddenly entire uh, uh, everyone at DD decides they're going to be union, you're going to have to raise everyone's rates to be able to pay their union dues. That Your, your profit margin is evaporated, right? right? So and, – and on top of that, there's going to be all these demands about working conditions that – you've been abusing for so long in order to try to squeeze, eke out a little bit more profit out of your industry. So you're completely fucked, completely fucked. This is why I stopped being a VFX super. I know. Same, same thing. So, 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 so it's, it's, so it's not good. They destroyed it and I loved it. So did they I, destroyed yeah. it. I loved it. And yeah. they, they destroyed it. And, and, and on top of that, it's just not, it's not innovative anymore. Right. It used no, to be it like- is. Look, the stuff that you're talking about, digital humans, the technology is moving. I'm not saying like when we well, started yeah. DD in the yeah. early days right. or when you were on, you know, in the 60s when you first started Say, out. 63 through 360. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spartacus. <laughs> the, Unbelievable. The CG, Matt Payne. We, it was <sighs> such that we were on a Cray computer. Couldn't <sighs> believe it. So took, slow to it get took those four frames. months of frame. A frame. Yep. A frame. Really. I'm so fast. I'm Spartacus. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, but I know it's it's it sucks, man, because I loved yeah. it. Yeah, well, so, I, th- I think so it's morphing. I, I it's th- changing th- into a new thing. I think that it's interesting to talk to the unions again because, you know, I, I, I'm really curious. They were really cool about it, and they were really interested to talk to. And I, I'm I'm going to have them on my other podcast to to, to continue this conversation because I think it's an important one. But it's it's. Uh, uh, it's you know it was I remember very specifically I was the last time I was this heated up was around the life of Pi time right mm-hmm. so around the life of mm-hmm. Pi time for those of you who don't know life of Pi won the Oscar for uh, for life or sorry uh, life of Pi got the Oscar for visual effects right. uh, rhythm and Hughes was the main house for doing that that work the entire movie is a visual effect the entire movie is a visual <laughs> effect and people were shitting on visual effects hard at that movie they won the Oscar they were pretty much booed off the stage because they're like get rid of these guys who cares about CG it, it, the tone wasn't was that also there. like prime focus like bought that like right at that time too and then uh, and then rhythm and hues went bankrupt went bankrupt, and went bankrupt literally weeks buying a finished film yeah rhythm and yeah. hues went bankrupt weeks after winning the oscar and it was yeah. that bad and so uh the, and at the director that time, pardon me didn't even thank the director didn't uh, thank the visual effects crew yeah. honest uh, acceptance speech yeah. yeah yeah the whole movie was visual yeah and and so and then and then on top of that everything else was going on um the VES was the only community that people could turn to to say, we've got to do something and make some public information about this. At which point the VES said, we are an honorary society. We cannot get involved in this stuff. We don't do anything. At which point I said, so wait a minute. What the fuck am so I getting we, out of the VES? That's funny you say that because that's when I stopped. I said, I I said, yeah. I said, what I am did. I getting out of VES? I'm getting screeners. Screeners <laughs> and I'm getting a party. I quit. And yeah. I said, I quit. I'm not getting anything. You are not providing anything that's of benefit to the industry. Right. Right. They sent out that letter. And and, yes. I, yeah. I, and that's where they're – Eric Roth, fuck you. Sorry. But you're – you're, I just can't yeah. deal so, with that. So they don't, sent that – Don't that, candy coat it, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sent that letter out, didn't ask a single member about anything right. with the content of that letter. Yeah. And I bet you I, a lot of people quit the VES that year. The second that that letter came out, I called and canceled. The second yeah, that that I, letter came out. Same with me. Yeah. Man. 
Mm. So anyway, after that came out, then there was a lot of talk about unions, like how we do, and then IATSE got like, hey, Let's we want to unionize, yeah, right? right. Yeah. But the real issue that I was seeing at that time was runaway production. I was like, okay. And it's like, we can provide healthcare, 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 healthcare. It's like, well, I've got healthcare through my company. What I'm worried about is runaway production. Yeah. What are you going to do about that? Turns out IATSE doesn't want to have anything to do with runaway production. They are all for movies moving to Vancouver. Why? Because they have a branch in Vancouver and they want <laughs> to recruit the more members. <laughs> yeah. And they want to recruit more members because right. they can collect dues from people in Vancouver right. and Los Angeles at the same time, even when they're out a of cash port. grab. And so for them, it's cash grab and they don't care about runaway production. It's like, so the VS won't do shit at all. And yet IATSE is sitting here trying to talk us into joining a union and not solving the real problem of runaway production. Can I, can I ask um, so, everyone here at this table? Yeah. Um, how do you? I feel, in, in a very vague and completely uninformed way, uh, it seems to me that streaming is changing how this works and how VFX are, work. Like, from my experience, like... There's a lot of VFX. Yeah, there's a lot of VFX. Every, all the stuff that I've been working for and on is, like, much, like, I wouldn't say non-pipeline, but, like, not heavily burdened pipeline stuff, but, like, it's... um. It's much more like the commercial days of DD mm -hmm. is, I guess, the is the feeling I get. The garage. It's yeah, and and it's much. It's a fuckload more fun and more creative. It's and, cool. Uh, it's that's uh, the, it's the much more stuff. interesting just from an artist. But that's actually happening in the feature film in general. Like right. even even top production companies now they're like ILM. I know for a fact that they use their their generalist department far far more right than in terms of shot counts right. Than anything else, yeah. Know? Because like the difference between I worked on um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Infinity War, and uh, no disrespect to anybody who I worked on that with, because they're all incredible people, and I loved working with all of them. That was an that was an extraordinarily difficult show for the group that I was working with, very painful and caused an enormous amount of stress. And it's uh, and the end product is good, but sort of, you know. Who cares? Who cares? You know, who, you know, that's it. Whereas like I've since worked on a bunch of streaming projects for you know, pretty high profile streaming stuff, but it was great fun, small team, super creative. Everyone gets a little piece of the action creatively. And it's just like, Oh, this it looks is beautiful. This is the fucking stuff. And, and it's seen by more people and not more than infinity war, but like for, for the general stuff that could we be, do, you know, like I worked on um, Mandalorian credited as David Thrawn. Thank you. My stage name. And, uh, <laughs> and it was amazing. It was a great, it was an absolutely great show. It was super great. On it, it was interesting. So, so, so one of the guys who was, uh, talking, he might've been the president or vice president of, of SAG, whatever at this summit. And he was talking about the streaming worlds mm -hmm. and all the, pr the problem with the streaming worlds. One is they don't pay residuals, right? Residuals yeah, is gone. It's gone. Right. Yeah. So now that you, you cut out all these people, Thing because it's uh, you can't measure stuff on streaming the right. same way. That's the biggest. <laughs> you can, thing. but they won't tell you. Yeah, exactly. You and then and then and then there was a big thing about that. And then um, and then they're talking about it. it's like and then they just have the you know this this streaming network only shows this things and this streaming network only shows this thing, and so you only have you have these wall the walled gardens right is what they right. call them right. And uh, and at one point he was. But he was simply like, you know, in the movie theater system, it was like this, or the TV, it was like this. And I, it's like, 
Do you realize there's an article that came out on The Verge that 80% of the box office in 2019 was Disney? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 80%. Yeah. yeah. That includes, obviously, uh, uh, Star Wars and Marvel right. and Fox as well. Yeah. Right. The money, but, the money is the streaming money, even if you're talking about so a Marvel film because the that's, movie theater that's is, an advertisement the process. The movie theater is a walled garden of Disney. Yeah. It's, it's the, 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 the movie theater is essentially an advertisement for the fact that this is going to be on home video forever and you're going to pay five bucks a month for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> like that's, that's, yep. you pay, you pay 25 bucks to see the, uh, the advertisement for the Avengers and you get to keep the Avengers five bucks a month for the rest of your life. Right. And then I, and then, but uh, Aeronauts, not a, not necessarily a great movie, but a movie like that. Is not a Disney movie, and I get right. to see that. It definitely could be a Disney movie. And movies like The Report wouldn't even the get made. The Report, right now. my God. That doesn't get made now. I'm like, no. for theaters. For theaters. That's right. not a theater movie anymore. And then there's a lot of stand up Chernobyl is Chernobyl. You see Chernobyl? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, man, like, that's the. Chernobyl's a great example of, like, it was, we were talking about earlier where, you know, they can't, uh, you know, fucking finish shows well. Like, mm-hmm. the last, like, Chernobyl is clearly written. As a piece, because right. it has to end, and and so the whole thing—that's uh, the way to do it, my this, friend. Yeah. This is it. Here's the story. That's yeah. it. You know, it's an 800 page down. book. There it is. Exactly. And I think. Did that, you not like Maniac? Did we talk about this? I have not seen Maniac. Eric didn't like Maniac. You didn't like Maniac. No, I which, didn't like it. Which version? I don't know. He mentioned oh, are you, are the the TV streaming show, not the movie. Oh, with uh, with. Elijah two Wood movies. was the remake? The, yeah, Elijah Wood was the remake. Sorry, right. I was going down. No, you and I are on the same I'm side I'm always in the yeah, horror exactly. world. So. <laughs> that's right. good. Yeah. Yes. No, man, that's a hell of a – the Elijah Wood one is not that bad. That it's actually good. quite good. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty good. I was, I was very surprised. Yeah. I really like that dude. He made yeah. some weird choices, that guy. Oh, Elijah Wood? Yeah. Oh, he's a massive horror fan. That's fucking yeah. awesome, man. What a, what yeah. a pro. What a, yeah. He's like – like you don't have to be in that movie after you've been in Lord of the Rings. No, you don't have to do no, that. no, no. He does it because he loves it. Like yeah. his brother owns a video game company. So really, yeah. yeah. So they're oh. yeah, they just do shit they like. Oh god, wow. sorry to sidetrack that. You guys were yeah. talking about Maniac the TV. No, show. that's fine. What was that one? Was that was it? Uh, it's a it's a that's a documentary, right? No, it's no, not. it's got Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill uh, from Birdman and Justin. I can't, I can't do Jonah Hill, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even Moneyball Jonah Hill, nope. super adorable Jonah Hill. No, no he's weird. Bad. I didn't can't like But thin Jonah Hill, no. <laughs> How about pot smoking Jonah Hill? Pot smoking Jonah Hill. <laughs> we have a variety of Jonah Hills. The, all of us. So I thought it was pretty interesting. I like the fact that something like that gets made. I right? really like um, Undone. Was another one. That, Undone, I think, great. Have you seen great. it? Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, like this is the – that's the experiment. Like that's the room that they have now because there's so right. much fucking money. And Forever. You guys haven't seen and Forever yet. I haven't seen yet. Forever yet. We talked about no, that a lot. I heard of forever, see, see, like Forever is a, is a is like a six-part – they're all these – they're all six parts now, like right. six to eight parts, right? Which is I feel perfect. like I'm getting – I'm like working at Blur. I'm getting behind on a lot of this stuff because I play so many video games now. Oh, right on. Dude, yeah. uh, can I ask you really quick? Have you played yeah. Disco Elysium? Yes, I'm, I just started it though because of because it won. Game oh of the yeah, year. I was. So, I, I what's happened, that thing called? We forever. About it. This that game is blowing my mind. No, no, forever. <laughs> it? It's amazing. Forever. <laughs> like yeah. that's a stay up till three in the morning, nice. clicking on conversation trees. Yeah, it must be good. Yeah, so, uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Keep Hold on. on. They're on their phone. We can see it. it's no, such I'm a looking game. up stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I just finished beating 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare on every difficulty level. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, Blur did the cinematics for them, but it's not why. I wasn't, yeah. and I wasn't a part of that team, but they're fucking it's phenomenal. A beautiful, it's, but, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, but man, it's just, it's so good. And now, like, my son and I are playing the multiplayer on that one constantly. Uh, that's sick, dude. That's um, it's a and good looking game. It Holy is gorgeous. How old is your son? Yeah. 10. Uh, nice. My daughter's 11. That's oh, funny. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Amen, we won't talk man. about that too much. But my daughter um, loves Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Oh, both watched, my kids have watched we it. We watched that together. Yeah, yeah well, that's it. a family thing for us. Yeah. For sure. Stranger Absolutely. Things. Yeah. yeah. My kids watch a lot of horror films. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, I told you my, my, uh, my kids' um, favorite uh, Christmas movie. We didn't do it this year, but my favorite Christmas movie is The Shining. I'm very proud. Nice. Yep. I showed her the yep. It the other day. Oh, Which yeah. One? The, the, the one? The remake? From, the 217, 2017. Yeah. The first yeah. one the second one? Not two, the first one. I haven't seen yeah. the second one. Not the '86 one, the 2017 yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, but I didn't one. like it that much. The the first, yeah, I'm not I'm not huge. And she thought it was really violent, and it's true. I was like, this. You know, and the second one's even more violent. I, yeah, the, the, I liked it actually. I like uh, okay. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's, so, it's, it's high on style. So but, yeah. not, that's Andy Muschietti. I mean, I, that's yeah, what he does. The point, yeah, like sure. I, the the, sure. th- the thing is, def- it's on Amazon Prime. And it's called Forever, and it's it starts off as a comedy, and it goes down. It turns into like a, a very strange. It's like a uh, existential film you could ever see. Yeah, and this has got um, what's his name from uh, Fred Amistad. Yeah, and uh, yeah. forever. Yep. Yeah, the documentary uh, now guy. The thing it's, about that that it mm-hmm. that I because I'm not a horror guy, even though yeah. I designed uh, the titles for Cabin Fever. I, uh, I, 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 I God bless you. Literally, am not a horror horror guy, and, yeah. and uh, I did a couple horror film titles sequences I designed, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying to remember the others. Uh, Cats. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Borderland. I did. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, but the thing is, <clears throat> the way it was, I thought the art direction set it was really great. But when it got too fantastical, like the teeth stuff, mm-hmm. I felt like it just started straying. Whereas the stuff like in the drain, mm-hmm. when you're hearing the voice, that scared the shit out of yeah. me. Yeah. But as soon as it became like alien stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah. two different types of of scare or like – and the one through the drain is like – that type of level is like – scares the shit out of me. Justin, yeah. do you have a, a particular decade of horror that you hone in on? Oh, 1910 um, up to the Great 1910, War? 1910, yeah. I was going to say. Up to about 1917? So uh, the early slashers and gallo films mm-hmm. I really love. So like you kind of get into that yeah. 70s, 70s range. Right. Yeah, uh, so Suspiria. So you get like Argento, yeah. Fulci. Yep. The Crystal um, yeah, and then, and then Carpenter. I mean just – Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that little run was that so Italian amazing. That Italian run is and beautiful. It's, and yeah. it's such a, just a product of its own time mm-hmm. that – wouldn't work the same way now, but it still aged well, and that often isn't the case, you know? Yeah, there's a certain um, kind of uh, – it's like how – like I was talking about this online with one of the guys that follows this. I was like, there's a – like I never <laughs> want them to correct the animation in a Ray Harryhausen movie. Right. No. Right? Like that's the – that is no. The, I will murder you if you try to correct. That's yeah. a fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like the uh, the old school. It's just like the old school horror stuff. It's like there's a. Um, especially you, if you compare the thing with the new version, the remake of the thing, or they whatever the, the yeah the twenty oh eight one whatever whatever was yeah like the um, it's such a like I would rather have practical that fails than CG that's okay. Yeah. And there's a tangibility uh, that I was trying to isolate why this works for me. But like, because I know how much work goes into CG. 
right? Yep. But there's a there's an onset tangibility to those old effects yep. that uh, it puts me in the same zone I am when I'm watching a play. I don't know. So yeah. it, it, like it really it connects with me on some primal level yeah. that even if it's clearly not real, I I that's unimportant. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unimportant. You know, I think it's there's kind of this obsession with like how perfect is something right yeah. now. Yeah. And, right. and that wasn't the point. No, then, and know? those Ellen Shaw, Matt paintings for all the Disney films and stuff like, yeah. um, <clears throat> Blackbeard. What was the one where, you know, treasure Island, Treasure Island. Yeah. fuck. It's just like, yeah, you can see the lines. You're totally in there. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't want to escape. And yeah. all There's the Harryhausen cr- ones from the thing that yeah. are just like, you see I watched like the all those, um, Sinbad ones with my yeah. daughter. Cause I love those films yeah. Yeah. and we loved it. And it wasn't like, <clears throat> you know, it wasn't perfect, but it didn't matter. There was a magic there. There's a handmade quality that really connect with but the you, artists. But the who thing are is the storytelling it. gets weird. you into that world. Yeah. And it's not artificial way to get you in. Whereas right. maybe some guys who directors might, not have that storytelling ability, but they're like, well, dude, and yeah. we're here. Where yeah. it, that's uh, not personal enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely feel yeah. it. What's, what's your favorite? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I think, you know, so that was kind of like that, that era. And then you have, um, you know, like the body horror era where you get like Cronenberg. Cronenberg. And like, big Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. So, so am I. And then just, you know, any collab that Barker's done with anyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, f- for me, that was, it was it's really funny because it was definitely an extension of what we were able to do with latex at the time, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden silicone came on to yeah, to the market and, and it fucking changed yeah. everything. Yeah. And body horror got like really terrifying yeah. again, really, really yeah. weird. Yeah, it is, now it's bendy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, it was that, and then I got I definitely went down the rabbit hole of of like torture porn and like sure. and I loved it. Yeah. Um, well, you you and, brought up martyrs. Martyrs is an incredible movie. Oh that's my god. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's Magic. that's that's a great example of like extreme gore. Yeah. But you're with in a the movie very the whole real time. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And 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 I mean, I think you you could do one of these on that film easy. Oh like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um like and not to interrupt, I just yeah. want to say like that's the the beauty of that movie is like we were talking about earlier. It's like the that uh as extreme as it gets, like what makes it, it like it's extremely difficult in this uh uh, relates to Bad Boy Bubby as well. It's like to find that the the balance where I'm not going to be kicked out of the movie, yeah, is extremely hard. Yeah, you know, and movies that ride that edge where I'm like, where like I should have like Bad Boy Bubby was like I was right up against the hit the stop button. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so was and, I. And uh, really, and where yeah. like yeah, because I'm just like I'm not I'm I'm the characters are impenetrable. Yeah. In the beginning of that movie, I can't get my wife to watch it to this day. I keep yeah. trying, and it's I can't so get her to watch funny. it. So funny! I was yeah. watching that movie. Part, I was watching that movie. And it was so relatable to you. What? what? <laughs> and just, I felt like the cat. I just I felt like the cat. I was watching that movie, and I'm like, literally, like halfway. I'm like, I bet you, Chris is fucking pissed. Like he's gonna hate this movie. I even <laughs> sent him a text saying, "I hope I didn't make you mad." With I was my thinking choice. the first. I was like, uh, "Chris is probably sitting there, like, what the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> yeah. I know you. You have a you have quite a uh, a wide range of tastes. I would say. I think that this really? this yes, absolutely. I definitely think so. Uh, so like, I would have expected anything on this one. Yeah. Oh, you you had no idea where I was going. I go didn't know it. where you were going to be on this one because um, I fucking hated Titanic and I like this movie. It's it, it just happens, man. It's not, it's that's. You can't. I can't. 
your heart will go on. But the uh, that the, the, the this movie I didn't hate Titanic. It, you but you saw we we, we like, I did we, see it. Yeah, and we and you saw what I was talking about. Like that, like the the, the, uh, ba- know, the back it, half of that movie is. It's interesting because I, you know, I I get to re-listen to our podcast and I get to hear us make our points again. And mm-hmm. how were they? <laughs> it's uh, Love Three. <laughs> well, we all make the point, mm-hmm. but what's interesting is that we all acknowledge that there's a lot of this movie that's really bad. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. But, but that's like I guess I guess that's that's the not to relitigate this, but that, that's the interesting <laughs> part of the movie to me. It's just like uh, the bad for me, like the badness is the lubricant of the movie, and then when you get to <laughs> right the, what you're but, really but there for, the it's have, fucking amazing. I've but the never I, heard anyone <laughs> use that argument ever. That is amazing. <laughs> but the thing yeah, that happens is that the, 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 the people, the like, people that that talk about how awesome this movie is. <laughs> They're talking about the badness of the movie and how yeah. they're uh, yeah. like, it's no, one of the most beautiful love stories they ever. Th- it's like, this is it's exactly. not. It's this a the, vapid, empty, absolute, horrible like the, love story. We're really getting it. But this is the, like, this is the, beauty, <laughs> the beauty of the movie is that people believe it's a love story movie when it is a, a fucking action movie. And like the action is so visceral and so successful and so powerful oh. that that stands in for character development. And, sure. uh, and depth and all this other stuff. The story they've been watching has two, two people I'll that have I'll do that names. with Rochamon instead. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I understand, but Rochamon does not have Fabrizio. Okay. <laughs> hey, who is <laughs> this? I take it the boat. We, I can't believe it. I'm going to you. It's a different story. I got a cousin. Now, I listened. So I listened to that podcast before I came here, actually. And you guys had a conversation about Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Um, and now um, I must pay. Go ahead. <laughs> no. I, I get the benefit of, like, listening to stuff on the fly and going, uh, no, I don't think that's right. Let me go look. <laughs> and so, you know, like, yeah, I had kind of, you know, I was able to do some homework. But I, as soon as you guys said it, at first I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it clicked for me, and I didn't even have to look it up. Frailty. Oh God! Yeah, I meant he to bring, is I completely did someone else in You're complete, I I I felt oh, the right. same thing coming out when, yeah. after I came home. You said he's the same character in every. He film. Said frailty that. is, and he directed Frailty. It, it, that's what I was going to bring yeah, up. That's and, and it was his directorial movie. debut, yeah. and he got oh, the you best didn't bring actors this up in he Titanic could, he could grab. I forgot until I came. Uh, this is it's an excellent point. So he grabs Matthew McConaughey yeah. and Powers Booth, yeah. and fucking outshines both of them. Yes, yes, absolutely like, true. Yeah. Forgive me, Bill Paxton's family. Okay. I, I was going to say because I, I was like, wrong. no, we've already, film, done a Titanic. Film. we've already done a Titanic episode. We're not going to do this over again. But thank you for closing in a loop of something we didn't talk about on Titanic. Well, the, the, the Bill, I think Bill Paxton is always Checklist. an appropriate uh, subject for this podcast. I think we should have a yes. Bill Paxton section. Yeah, the, like, yeah, you have a moment where it's like, now yeah. a Bill Paxton moment. I want to talk about frailty for a second because frailty is one of these is – uh, I, it's what's amazing. He directed that movie. He's the star of the movie, and the kids are the star. But he is one of the stars of the movie, yep. and it is so good and so off-brand for him. Yes, that I literally forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like oh, you don't the, think about it as him. Yes, and I think that's one of the great things about yeah. it. You my know? my apologies to Bill Paxton fans everywhere. That is actually a, a tremendous film. He did an incredible job. I wish he had directed more more movies like this yeah what is amazing about frailty okay uh there's a i'm about to spoil have you guys all seen frailty have you seen frailty i don't think i have i'm gonna have to look it up i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil anything about frailty but i I will say that frailty and i think you'll know what i'm talking about 
pulls one of the greatest tricks in horror cinema. Totally agree with you. No, okay. I have not seen it. Yeah, yeah. it's a totally agree with you. Spectacular. Yeah, spectacular. I've I have been obsessed with that one. By trick the way, uh, and why that works is because it's not a horror trick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Completely agreed. Yeah. Separate, separate episode. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous work. Speaking of horror, X-Ray said he really wants to come back and do video drum with us. Oh, nice. baby. I will do video drum right now with yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> you get X-Ray yeah. on chat and I will totally do the entire yeah, picture right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I literally just watched video drum five days ago. Okay. Well, Did you see what my other suggestion was? I can't yes. remember. No, it, was it, the, the, was it, it wasn't Tetsuo, was it? It was. It was Tetsuo. Okay, cool. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tetsuo is... Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you're looking for a pick me up after yeah. Bad Boy Bubby, Tetsuo. <laughs> yeah. uh, basically, well, it was, it was, it was uh, uh, Justin. Is like, I hope you're not mad at me uh, for Bad Boy Bubby. <laughs> and I said, it was like, no, I think it's perfect. I needed a palate cleanser after Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Get some good bad, bad Boy Bubby was I, my te- palate cleanser I, for Titanic. I don't, I don't, I don't like spend tons of time applauding ourselves for this podcast, but that we can cover Titanic back to back. With Bad Boy Bubby <laughs> is fucking amazing. Yeah. And we should be very proud. <laughs> I think actually we we did it was I think we did like uh The Chateau, uh-huh. Titanic, and then Bad Boy Bubby. Those are out there. That's pretty great, man. That's like yeah. doing like uh, Avengers <laughs> Infinity War, Tetsuo the Iron Man, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Superhero movies, all three. Mirror mask is was thrown yep. in there somewhere. And they are. And they are. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And then we're going to do John Wick next week. Is oh, that's out. right. John Wick. Are you guys doing John Wick? Yeah, we are. We, we are. Very nice. Yeah. Have you guys seen Big Wick Energy? No. Oh fuck! Uh, right as soon as this is over, we're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not dead. No, I'm dead <laughs> serious. That... Like you, you are not allowed to leave until we watch it. Wait, what is it? Yeah. What, what, tell us about it. Uh, you guys know the Corridor Crew, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they no. did. Wait. Oh, okay. Downtown, um, right? Corridor Digital. Yeah. So, Corridor Digital. Uh, don't know. So they're downtown. They, they're like YouTube. LA? Yeah, they are downtown. YouTube and yeah. YouTube channel. They're YouTube creators. I'm they do man. a lot of deep fake uh, stuff. But they're VFX and guys, and yeah. like they. Oh, okay. Yes, I do now. Now I know. Yes, now I know. Yeah. Uh, all related to the Rocket League group and all that. Okay, gotcha. Rocket Jump. Yep. Sorry, yep. Um, but they did a section where they had a problem with um, the in the first film um, the the muzzle flashes, which right. which do or admittedly are not the best comps in the world, mm-hmm. but they're effective. You know, it works. Yeah, it works. Um, but they're they're like obsessed with muzzle flashes, and mm-hmm. so. They did some replacements to show like how it could look and if the sound was better. And they actually did some really nice ones. And then one of their guys went off the rails. Oh, yeah. Oh, and damn. And it is really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. We will watch yes. this directly after yes. this. Yeah. Uh, this does bring up another thing that I wanted to run by. Does anyone see – I posted on our, our feed. But has anyone seen the, uh, the deep fake – uh, additional work done to the Irishman by yes someone. So I was going to bring that up. Yeah, hit it. Uh, which I thought uh, I was going to bring it up because okay, so Justin was not feeling well, and then he was basically like on the 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 cusp, the teetering of edge, teetering edge, yeah. whether he was going to come in uh, and do the podcast. So we had our backup, which was going to be the Irishman. Yes, right. right? Uh, and one of the big things that I had to do in Vegas to talk about with the SAG people was about deep fakes, right? right? So I have, I have a lot of knowledge about deep fakes and a lot of research I've done in this area, but I was going to bring that up, but only when we do the Irishman uh, podcast. Okay. So let's save it we'll for hold, that one. We'll hold that one. I thought it was, but yes, there is someone, very interesting. There's someone who basically did redid all the visual effect or all the de-aging that ILM did with deep fakes. Yeah. There's a sampler plate of possible 
alternate versions. Yeah, and they did it in seven days on their on their own. You guys saw <laughs> the, the like that deep fake video of the 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 comedian that like does oh yeah all yeah the oh, copycat Bill Hader that Bill Hader that's really Schwarzenegger. Good. No, or you're, no, talking, no, you're talking no, about the that's other guy. A different one. It's like it keeps switching. To oh yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, a, he's an impressionist, yeah. and yes. they did. A, but they did one with Bill Hader. Bill okay. Hader ones are really good. Bill yeah. Hader is. I, I would say so, Bill Hader is great. His Alan Alda is it's the best. The best I've ever heard. Right uh, at anywhere. Go so ahead. so so the the guy who does the Bill Hader one is a YouTuber, and I think they're out of Croatia, but it's called Control Shift Face. Yes. Pretty good, yep. really good stuff. The, um, but the corridor crew guys also do a lot of deep fake work, right? As well, yep. which is also interesting. This is well, this is the early two weeks of that technology. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like in there's one a lot. Year from so yeah. so a lot of you know a lot of the stuff that was going on is you know one of the people on the panel is basically a guy who's working for the government and is helping to uh, 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 debunk. What's a deep fake and not a deep fake? Like, okay. fine, it's basically video forensics, right? So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that stuff going on. Uh, fascinating work. I could go on for a lot longer, but we're already close to three I, hours. I have, so a, I have an R. Kelly tie into that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yes. this, was, this was over a decade ago, and I'm not going to name some names because it might be not good for people, but uh-huh. there was some conversation. <laughs> yes. When he was in trouble for his first piss video, right? That. Some people may have been asked to try to change the face in that video no to someone kidding. else. Yes. Interesting. So, yeah. That is the plot of Michael Crichton's Rising Sun. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it just you have that and you add a little extra weird racism against the Japanese, then you have Rising Sun. Did you guys That's hear amazing. that the, uh, the, 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 the video or the surveillance video of Epstein's uh, suicide, first suicide, suicide attempt, attempt was <sighs> disappeared? Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, the camera I, didn't work on the second in the in, mm-hmm. in this. I, I I only agree to talk about this if there's a laugh track every time we bring it up because <laughs> it's so fucking idiotic. Every time I hear more stuff, uh, I'm just like, what? Oh my god! And wow. also, yeah, like it's just like I'm mean, like I, I I expect him to, I expect to say like there was an Amazon there. There's a, they've now found video of an Amazon delivery of rope yeah. <laughs> to his cell, and everyone's like, I don't know. I guess it just happens sometimes. Like, that's, yeah, that's or, awful. Can I ask? So there was uh, uh, um, Blazing Saddles. Yes. So there's a couple of scenes in Blazing Saddles where he's fighting Mongo. <laughs> yes. Right? And and I think that I've – there is – and I don't remember like two of them I remember. And it seems like every time I watch the movie, there's only one of those two scenes that exists. And I'm wondering if there's like a director's cut or a longer cut version of Blazing Saddles. So there's two scenes. One is <clears> – <throat> Telegram for Mango, right? Uh-huh. So that's in Classic, the actual yeah. one, right? Right. And he shows up and it's a thing and blows him up, right? Dynamite. Right. And it looks like it's very uh, cartoony. Is there another scene that's not in it where Mongo is in a deep sea suit in the bottom of a well? Yeah, you might be thinking there is, I believe, the uh, television cut of that movie yes. has – a lot of extra stuff. I can't vouch for that. Okay, but I I bet that's because there's a from. there's a, Mongo's- a television cut that has extra stuff. Oh yeah, this ha- this happened a lot in the eighties. Oh okay, yeah. Like if you see the uh, television cut of Jaws, there's like a whole scene where Quint you you see Quint for the first time like buying stuff at a like a convenience store. It, it, 
depresses the in the momentum of the film. <laughs> it's very strange. Oh, so yeah. they're they yeah, extending. They just probably, dump stuff in from like they they're have probably no, extending it slightly so that they, it can make the two hour that's version. Right. Yeah, because they need to fill it out, put all the ads in there, and they need to fill out like a four hour block or whatever it is, and they. Yeah, they they just throw in whatever from the cutting room floor. In Close Encounters, the same way. There's loads of stuff in the TV version of Close Encounters, like an extra half an hour. Dune, Whoa. same thing. Yeah, it's really weird. But I think Blazing Saddles is definitely one of those. Okay, because the, like, the way, yeah, the one where I remember watching the movie is like, where's the diving bell scene? Like, yeah, it, yeah, no. In fact, funny. now that I, I kind of remember this now that you're saying it. Yeah, and it, oh, yeah, no, I, I think that's I'm all. I think that's this. all TV. And then there's the scene where it's Candy Graham from Mongo. You see the Candy Graham, and it says Epstein was murdered. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that when someone shows up with a rope, <laughs> Candy Graph Ripstein, Candy Graph Ripstein, <laughs> shows up that, at his, at that his is, cell. Yeah, that is the most ridiculous thing I've literally ever heard of in my life. I mean, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it is the way it is, but I've never heard so many, like, comically, like, it's it's like from a bad murder mystery. Uh, the news that comes out about that thing. Maybe yeah, they're just knows? sending the hanging scene from that to Rolf to put it in as that's a new it, ending. It. For the new ending, and then I'm just like, God damn it, so. Rolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they threw it out because it didn't have the binaural audio. <laughs> uh, I think we've reached the point of the podcast where we say, is there anything you want to recommend uh, that you have seen recently mm. uh, that uh, either streaming or not? Because I, I'll start off. I just need to get it off my chest after we talked about it, a great film. And I told you that I wasn't going to say anything about Star Wars. I saw the new Star Wars movie. And you loved it. And I loved it. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I have to tell I, I need to. It's like a confessional. I was just like, oh, my God. I have to say I now lo- no I longer have, to, have pain I about have to Star say, Wars. Okay. So when, the, when the, the episode, I guess, seven came out. Yes. And I bought two tickets for Karen and I to go see it. And then she had to cancel on me. Because she was, had a deadline that comes up because she's a flame artist and she's a short order cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't know. I was like, fuck, I got this extra ticket and stuff. So Justin said he would come with me. And so Justin and I saw the Star Wars together oh, at, yeah. uh, at, at uh, Arclight. This was the. Yeah, this that was, was like on a whim, too. Yeah, it was, it was like within hours, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. within yeah. hours. Was this like, was the Force Awakens this, that, you, that you saw. Was yes. That the first yes. One? Okay. yes. Which I was like, this new, you guys saw the new one together? No, the no first we one. saw the first first of the new three. three. First of the yeah. new three, so episode seven. Yeah. At which point, that was when I start to really realize the concept of what's called fan service. Oh, man. That mm-hmm. movie is chock-a-block. Fan service. Chock-a-block. Uh, I was going to say that we should get um, uh, uh, Justin Gobi Fields and, right. uh, and David back on to, uh, to re-argue. Uh, over the new Star Wars, where they may both be against me on this one. I'm not sure. Everyone is against me on this. I'm the only person that liked the new Star Wars. Okay. But I've been loud and proud about it. Maybe I'm hallucinating. Maybe I've been raised I don't want to go. It, s- I just don't want to go to. Theaters. Don't see it. You know I'm just kidding you. I'm I'm tricking you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying. You just made me see freaking Titanic. It's a, it took a year. It took a year to get you roped into that one. No, yeah. I knew as. So, no, but, you know, okay, speaking of movies I haven't seen that I'm going to. Clockwork, clockwork Orange. Orange has to happen at some That's point. Right. I know. You I haven't know. seen a Clockwork Orange. I know. I know. I mean, no, I'm not offended. I'm amazed. Saved, yeah. I, I know. I've been yeah. saving it. I've been saving it for some reason. I don't know why. It's like, it's like that that 
that that piece of bubble gum that's like the super special flavor when you were yeah. a kid and you saved it and now it's sitting on the corner and you're like, I can't know I'm saving it. And then you're like, now you're worried that it's gotten hard. I had a similar <laughs> – It's not going to taste that good. I had a similar response to that film as this film, actually, as Bad Boy Bubby the first time I saw it. I'm sure. Uh, I think I was like 13 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, I was not ready for, yeah, that, <laughs> for that movie. I, I'm so Every time I watch that movie, I am – I'm re amazed at how uh, how offensive it is. Yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing to me. And, yeah. I, and every time I show it to somebody, I'm like, I'm just staring at them the whole time to watch them yeah. drink that one in. I've always had a hard time with rape in cinema. And that is one yeah. of the h- hardest of hard times in yeah. that movie. Yeah, and and it's a um, not to give it any way. It is the tonal choice that makes it the worst. Yeah. Yep. So okay. So what about you? What is the movie or show or whatever that you saw recently that you recommend or it can be a video game actually even. um oh wow uh can i only say one you can no, say, say, okay. you can say whatever <laughs> you want. um if anybody hasn't played limbo i highly oh, recommend oh, yeah, it's wonderful it. yeah. yeah wonderful yeah. game um yeah and, yep. and it's really good yeah and what's the uh, by i think it's by the same company uh oh the follow up to the follow up to um, it was was good not it was Inside, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that yeah. also. Limbo They're both was- good. Limbo maintained the integrity of still being difficult. Yeah. Um, whereas Inside, you know, he realized he lost some potential players all the way through, so he made yep. it a little bit easier. But it's still just beautiful. Yeah. So even if you don't like games, it it's funny because it's it requires just as many buttons as Super Mario Brothers did as far as playing. <laughs> and it's and available the on everything, are right? incredibly simple, and yet yeah. it's quite ingenious. Yeah, and it's available on everything, I think right. including your iPhones these days. I, I'm, um, uh, I'm in love with Limbo. Is, uh, it's all in black and white, and yeah. uh, yeah. I, it's an art style that I paint in. Like, that's 90% of what I paint. Oh, cool. I, and it's like, I saw that game, and I was like, oh, my God. It's, yeah. yeah it's, um, and then um, I've actually been watching, like, a lot of old shows again recently, so I just rewatched American Gothic. Mm. I have and, not seen American Gothic. Oh. Oh man, like it's yeah. It, I don't even. I don't want to say anything. Oh, actually, damn, okay. like it's 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 horror. So yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. But it's um, Sheriff Lucas Buck, and uh, <laughs> and he may or may not be the devil. Um, and Why it, wouldn't they just really call good. it Sheriff Lucas Buck? Yeah, it's a right? much better. Yeah, title. <laughs> and they shouldn't even have the. They should have no text. They Probably have because go, it Sheriff was Lucas outer. Buck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Lucas Buck. No, it it, it was probably right around the time that uh chuck norris had his uh uh walker texas ranger i think so they probably didn't want the confusion there but (laughs) yeah um, exactly the same syllable count (laughs) yeah so yeah so that and then i've been uh revisiting a few sci-fi novels of late too so I just reread Armor for like the millionth oh, time. Oh yeah, John John Stakely, Stakely. yeah, yes. who also wrote Vampires. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, he basically he was a ghostwriter in Hollywood too before all that. I didn't know. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Chris Norption who recommended that book to me. Oh, cool. Yeah, very very good book. I liked um, that quite a bit. It was sort of like Starship Troopers with like one hundred percent the suit. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, and it was written for that reason. Yeah. So, so Stakely was a massive Heinlein fan, right. but his issue with Heinlein is Heinlein couldn't write action, and right. that's true. Uh, Nor did he actually try to. He, yeah, his, 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 it was mostly social commentary. Right. But the other part about that was that he also rarely wrote too much to just the individual, and right. so he basically took that whole idea and inverted it that's, and yeah. made it about one person yeah. and and what war does to one person. Yeah, that's uh that I, I read that almost back to back with um what do you call it? 
uh, Forever War. Yeah. Yeah. That was like yeah. the best like one-two punch yeah. I, could, I could ask for. And I actually great. just read Old Man's War for the first time. Oh, that's good. So, I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I like, um, yeah. yeah, what's his name? Scalzi. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that was a good book. I like that. Yeah. That, was, that one really struck me. I was, when I read that, I was like, that should be a Netflix series. Hmm. Like, that's a super character-rich, like... Like the the battles and stuff are cool. I feel like it's been optioned a number of times, but I don't know why it hasn't been made. I think it's even been through Ridley Scott's hands or Uh, something like that. I think he automatically buys everything that is written. (laughs) 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 Just he's waiting outside the bank. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you read uh, the Expanse books? The um... no, and I've been told to. Like, there's actually (laughs) the the other director that sits right next to me. Like, keeps bugging me about it, so I really need to. I have not read the. The Expanse. I've watched the show, which I like yeah. quite a bit. Uh, I've not read the Expanse books. I've read fantasy books by the same guy or one half of that pseudonym mm. uh, called The Long Price, and that's the other oh, thing. Okay. It's man, oh man! If you like weird fantasy, like yeah. a, a different flavor, non yeah. Game of Thronesy stuff, then that's that's a plus. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Eric? What have I been reading? And yeah, what recommendations. <laughs> Anything. I've been re- uh, I started reading a book called uh, David Bowie's 100 Favorite Books. Oh, neat. That's so cool. It goes through all the books. Did you look at the number one first? Uh, no, it starts with just a, kind of an essay, how it relates to all his different music at different time periods. Uh, so each book. Oh, cool. And so uh, it's small little. it's small little read. And then uh, that and I have a stack of... Or the new uncut. But uh, I, you know, what I did watch besides, I kind of turn on a lot of different things during the day, uh, or read uh, like pilots and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it sounds so strange, dude. But I put on U uh, two live at Red Rocks eighty three. I I like U two up to about Octone Baby, and I'm mm-hmm. a huge Daniel Lanois fan. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how. Br- I mean, they're just they were just a band that had energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. like. I don't like the shit after 93 or 92, right. but Octung Baby's genius. Mm-hmm. But And Daniel Lenoir did Unforgettable Fire and 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 Joshua and Octung. Right. And Eno was in on all that, right? They were yeah. partners, yeah. yeah. And then Eno did really beautiful stuff with Lenoir, like Apollo albums. Right, Apollo's great, yeah. Genius. Awesome. I'm like, yeah, between Apollo and... Um, and another green world, or like another green world, yeah, yeah. incredible. And then go back and also, uh, I'm a huge John Cale fan. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did like Paris 1918 or Paris 1990. He, but uh, he, you know, was in the VU with Lou, mm-hmm. and then he also did songs for Drella with '89, yep. which is a great fucking album. Yep. But the U2 Red Rocks, they're just like there's an energy, and they're like 21 years old, and you're just like fuck. I mean, they just yeah, they're on the fire. Edge, and the edge of stuff is so simple, dude. It's just like playing against the the, the echo, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. like it's so simple. Yep. He's not like it's just like, but it's so it just captures you and it, with right. the echo, and he builds off of that, and it's simple. But yep. there's an energy. I really like it. You too. Yeah, and it's. The just it's so much. Um, they it's hard to ca- get have that much energy as a band to be really good. You know, yeah, like a, you know, there's bands that play, right. but you could tell this at Red, like at the Red Rocks, they yeah. were fucking. They They're really in it. they wanted to prove something. There's yeah. like they had to go. They had to keep pushing, and it's you can just see it's just four guys, dude. It's yeah. three guys on in instruments, Man, yeah. but yeah. it's it's like Rush. 
you know, full. It's three yeah, fucking right. guys. And Getty Lee sings in Rush. Nirvana yeah. was like that. Nirvana yeah, but yeah, you feel there's like the a whole, huge yeah. volume. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And to see to, that, yeah. and they're 21. It's just like, you know, I always forget. And, you know, sometimes. Oh, they started when they were real young, right? They yeah, get, like they 17, get, 18. Yeah, right. And the thing is, I, I always remind some friends, uh, Eleanor Rigby, I think he was 19 when McCarthy wrote, Paul McCartney wrote, mm-hmm. wrote that. Like, yeah. It's like, what the Or fuck? yesterday. Yeah, he wrote yesterday right. at 19. Yeah. Not bad. That's fuck. So That's there's like good. a magic somebody has, you know. You two had that. I mean, I think they've long, you know, they own Motorola. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was talking to a friend in New York, and he was like, yeah, I think they, they're part owners of Motorola. I believe that. I didn't know that Neil Young owns uh, Lionel. Lionel Trains. Yeah, Did right. you look it up? No, I just heard it on a podcast today. I was like, that's weird. Wow. Really interesting thing. Wait a minute. Like a thir- I was telling you. Oh, you listened to this podcast. No, no, not from the future. No. But yeah, no, I was on the. Uh, <laughs> no, we talked about, we talked about. We talked about. No, we did. You're no, right. No, no, we're yeah, not no. talking about Neil Young. We're talking about. Um, no, Neil Young owns part of Owens Pilot. I was confused then. No. I was so confused I forgot it. And we were talking about who's today. the other That's one? The other guy uh, uh, who. Uh, other. Rod Stewart. The train set. Or yes. Rod Stewart's the massive, train set. Incredible train set. Yeah, yeah I saw that, incredible. but I knew the Neil Young. You had said, owned you know, you're Neil, absolutely right. Lionel you had said, when we brought up Rod Stewart, you said that uh, uh, Neil Young owned, owns 30% or whatever it is of. Big chunk, yeah. Big chunk of Lionel Trains. And I was like, that's not true. And then you're like, it's true. And then I heard it today, and I was like, I, I disbelieved it so hard that it was fresh information again today. I, <laughs> also, so, I'm so in the 70s, also in the 70s and 80s, um, he bought uh, like an enormous amount. Like his roadies and people would go out when they would tour and buy every Martin they could see. So there is a mm. warehouse in Oakland with nothing but Martins. Martins. Oh, yeah. Wow. Man, Do you know gay. what I mean? Like he was doing that, pro, you know, 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s. So there's a glut because it's in Oakland. I'm going to make a recommendation that's tangential to what you just said and also wraps up part of what we've been talking about uh, because you also brought up uh, Wings of Desire. Yeah. Um, my favorite Vim Vendors film uh, is Until the End of the World. Dude, oh, we then, talked that, about that. And it is now out Until on the end of the movie. Blu-ray. I, that soundtrack with And Nick the soundtrack Cave, is perfect. You know, I and love the you, girl. Blue I love you too. Five hour and that's when uh, you know I that movie came out. Lou was living across. I yep. was living across the street from Lou Reed. I, that was like and those guys were working. He went on stage with them. Yep. I remember that. Like yep. he did the Zoo t- TV Zoo tour. TV. With him. Yeah. I mean, that was such a great that, and that, that album with REM that, too. That fucking album. It's one of the great collected soundtracks of all time, and I think it's, it's one of the most formative science fictional experiences I've ever had was watching that movie for, step for the first time. But that Absolutely song um, uh, that U2 does is a beautiful song. Oh, it's great. Yeah, um, it's lovely. Just, it's really, yeah. that's a great, there's some, it was a really great period, but that's why, I wasn't wrong, I'm not wrong, but I was like, when I saw it, I thought of Wings of Desire because yeah. there was something about a floating a character through that and everything else Oh, there's Ma- definitely a connection. It didn't matter. Yeah. It's not like it didn't matter, but they weren't fully formed. I would like just want, and that's and that's what we need is we need one deep faked episode of Columbo that shows him die and become an angel and lead into the opening of Wings of Desire. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I it, this goes back to my Jim Rockford theory. Like P- Peter Falk, because they would get the television of Columbo and everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. But there's something about a character like that, um, like. A James Garner or Peter Falk that mm-hmm. is very soothing 
Like you, oh God, you yeah. know them in a way, and it, as a visual cue, like uh, Cary Grant, you just felt oh, I'm like safe. you knew them. It's or you're good. safe. There's yeah. something about that, and I feel that way. No joke, because I watch ballers. I'm not a football. I'm not a sports guy. I, you probably look at me and say, "Oh, he's a quarterback." No, um, <laughs> but the thing is, Dwayne Johnson. Love that guy. Love There's it. a charm and a, an energy about him that fills the screen. Yep. And it's kind of hard to to put a finger on it because I'm not a Dwayne Johnson like I didn't. Yeah. But I saw ballers. I was like, "This is." That's he, he yeah. just fills the screen, even though some of the writing is like. He's a star. That guy's a star for sure. Like he's just instantly likable. All he's the time. instantly likable, and Peter Falk is like that. He's like a wise. He's like a smart grandfather that's younger. I There's would love something to see about that. Peter Falk in a, a traditional rock role. I think that would be that'd be perfect. Well, he did stuff with Cassavetes. You know, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, Falk did a lot yeah. of stuff with Cassavetes. Yeah, with the General Lens. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like there's a lot of cool stuff there, and the guy from. Um, Jackie Treehorn. What's, um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara. Yeah. If anyone, have you seen Killing of a Chinese Bookie? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's I'm trying to find it. It was somewhere on Facebook. You've seen Rosemary's Baby? Oh, of course. Go back and watch that again because I rewatched Rosemary's it was, like a week ago. It was Netflix right now. Laughing Taffy jokes as told by Vin Vendors. Oh, there was. Yeah. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. You're like, oh, my God. There's a layering to it. You're like. The Chunglis pornography. It's really deep. It's like it's a beautiful film, and it holds up. And each time, you sometimes look at movies, you're like, "Oh, this movie!" You, you every time I watch it, I see, I get something again and again. Yeah. I never thought of Rosemary's Baby that way. I liked oh, it's it, brilliant. but I watched it again. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Did Cassavetes I? Cassavetes just... is great in that. He's uh, really great. It's my mother's it. favorite film, so that's I've a, seen it at least two. I've been to the, the apartment yeah. where it's the birthing apartment. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the uh, Albert Macy's yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Spooky, spooky place. Spooky that was place. that is a beautiful. And I want to see Knife in the Water again. We should do a Polanski. I'll thing. do a Polanski knife. Like knife oh, in the Water. Well, we've been talking about Polanski. Oh, for a long I saw. Time. I, I'm rambling. Like I have ADD. Yeah. Um, no. But the thing is. It's a good way to bookend no, 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 it because no, no, you started off this way. This is the movie Ropes I saw. Up. This is the movie I saw. Frantic again. I love that film. Mm. Oh yeah, With Harrison Ford. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, that's a great. Great yeah, tension. Good. Great tension. Yeah. And Harrison Ford's another one, man. You can't go wrong. He just fills the screen, and you're like, ah, you can follow him in a way. Your, your eyes are beaded on him a little bit differently, and I don't know. Best part of Working Girl. That's very true. He's very mm-hmm. funny. He's very funny in that. Yeah, right. but he is. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying that ironically. It's a very good film. It's a, there's yes. no, that, that, like I'm. He I'm is not a e- very good part. I'm and, not and even surprising. a very big Melly Griffith fan, and I enjoyed that film. Very no, much. she's That's, terrible. Yeah. She's terrible. Yeah. But he's really good, and I was surprised because you he's know good. he's, he's Han good Solo. He's good in uh, uh, Mosquito Coast. Yes. Mosquito Coast yeah. is he's great. A, he's a very, very like it's too bad that he didn't spend more time doing smaller films and can we just say you know I know you guys were going to bring it up but Sid Mead oh yes shout outs to Sid Mead I stole every fucking drawing you ever did and made a career did I ever tell you about how Sid Mead makes sure I I didn't miss my flight yes yeah please tell this again oh yeah I was hanging out with him in in Portugal so yeah he was he was a speaker at THU this past year no several years ago like four or five years ago so he was a speaker at THU, and uh, and I was in Portugal. And because of the way the situation is, where you basically your flight is at you know seven or eight o'clock in the morning in Portugal, and you're coming coming out of Troia, so you have to leave Troia at like four o'clock in the morning, and you're up all night. So I'm exhausted because I've been up and drinking for the whole night. And then I'm on the thing, and then I'm at the gate to go back to LA, and Sid Mead is on the same flight, so I'm. 
sitting next to him at the gate and chatting with Sigmeed, but I'm oh, so God. exhausted that I fall asleep while chatting with Sigmeed. He lets me sleep, but then he chugs me. He's like, Chris, you have to wake up because we're boarding the plane right now. And also I'm Sigmeed. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Chris just said, I just do eyes. I just do eyes. Yeah, it's no. like, I didn't design that part. And I threw right. up on Sid Mead. Sid Mead is <laughs> actually really, really funny. I imagine. Like, yeah. it really funny. And, and, and talks about himself. He talks about himself as like this god entity. But he, also he very, speaks in the fourth person. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but, he, but he also makes fun of himself as that person. Right. Like, so it's kind of hilarious. Oh, God. I, yeah. I, I, all I can tell you is that if you were to put uh, uh, all of my artwork into a blender um, it would, and pour it out, it would be the shabbiest imitation of Sid Mead you could possibly ask for. I, I redrew everything that I saw from that guy. He's got I, a Nomen video. He is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful designer. Yeah, he's got a Nomen video to show some of his stuff. He's a very fascinating person. Obviously, yeah. it's not – I mean, obviously, the, the work that he did was not just in the movie industry. No, no car design, design, yeah, car design, design, airplane design, design yeah. architecture design. Brilliant. He did Brilliant. stuff for Reader's Digest, man. Yeah. Right, yeah. He, yeah. He, he did some – he wrote some of the best jokes in, uh, in, uh, in the uh, back end of uh, Reader's Digest. I remember when he did his talk at THU. He goes, <laughs> he did Penthouse Forum, too. He did. Nobody Wasn't that wonderful? That. He, he, he said he's Some like, of the uh, most vivid descriptions says, I, I've ever heard. No, seriously, he actually did do stuff <laughs> for Reader's true. Digest. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I just can't – man, you just no, can't no. – I, I, I had uh, – I this is true. Like, I had so many Reader's Digest because my dad just collected tons and tons of these things that I made comic books out of the – uh, like out of the comics within Reader, Reader's Digest. Oh, that's cool. So I did. I didn't realize until you just said it that my my Sid Mead infection began. Probably started with that. With I that. think I think a lot of us were introduced to him via that. I think that yeah. is actually he said, quite true. Yeah. Sid said because uh, uh, I paint or I do my illustrations in a media, uh, in something called gouache. Which wow. is a, Thanks, which dude. is a French word for shitty medium. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him. Uh, God bless him. All right, everybody. This has been a lovely, lovely damn time. Justin, thank you so much. That was yeah, absolutely nice a to landmark film in my life. Landmark I, film. Yeah. You, are, wow. you are welcome to come back anytime. I would love to. So we'll find something... Uh, I don't think I'll top this one, but we'll find something really. No, we can ease back. This is you yeah. did. The, you, this is you, everything <laughs> yeah. else is a victory lap after this. Think point. about it's it. This I way. say the think Gaia films, the seventies, like Italian stuff, would be cool. It would be really. Or, fun. Or, I love or, those films and well, just the women and the dresses. Yeah, yeah. I would it's love so cool. A, I would yeah. love a good western to do. Like if Searchers. Well, yeah. The good, bad, and the ugly is once upon a time in the West. Once upon yeah. a time, you in know the when West. Zombie Two was made, there was no Zombie One. They there just, was no Zombie yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. fucking brilliant. When he when he was trying to get it made, he just put a two on it, so <laughs> people would think another film happened, so it would get funded. Well, <laughs> well it worked the first time, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I, I'm done. That was That's it. it. <laughs> zombie, zombie Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my glory. All right, everyone ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. Talk.